0: Broadcasting live. This is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars.
1: I like to smoke them like some witch. Like John Kennedy. Yeah. Remember, Coach Red R. Smoked up on victory. Yeah. Well, you can take my wife, you can take my car, you can take my. Big
0: cigar, cigar. Good morning all our listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Honest Abe here with KMA Talk Radio, with my cohorts every Saturday morning. Southpaw Philly himself, Alex Tavella.
1: Good morning, everyone. Good morning.
0: You have me paranoid now, like every time I say your last name. He no, like you got it right this me. time.
1: I get it right all the time. time. No, nah, you you do not get it right all the time. What do I say if I don't say Tavella? You say Tavala, which I don't know where that comes from. Normally, I get a Travella, which I feel like is a mixture of like Alex Trebek, John Travolta type thing that people mess up. <laughs> but you throw an O in there.
0: I throw an O in there. And of course, the best producer that we could possibly afford, Paul DeGroca. And you are, are you back on the island?
2: Yeah, I'm on Long Island now. As, and you got it right, by the way. You said on Long Island. I know.
0: I, I remembered. are <laughs> back on the island.
2: I am on Long Island, but we are preparing to make our, our trip back down to South Florida soon. Since the temperature is in the 50s here this morning, my children and dogs don't know what the hell to do with themselves. So we realize it's time to get back to warm weather.
0: Like, did each of your kids have a birthday now while you were gone? Uh, no, one of them it did. Seem, Axel it did. seems like it. It seems like you've been gone long enough, like they have had birthdays now, like you've been away.
2: <laughs> no, the baby's not a year old yet. He's six months. He'll be six uh. months this week. So, yeah. But, yeah, we were we were gone quite a while. Everybody's birthdays uh, that live up here on Long Island are in August, though. It's funny. My mom, my dad, my mother-in-law. So we, we got to celebrate Axel's birthday was when we were here on July 31st. So we have celebrated a lot of birthdays here, to be honest. My dog, Nala, her birthday. I I know you probably celebrate dog birthdays.
0: Um, I was just curious when the cat's birthday is.
2: We don't, oh, God, here we go. We don't have a cat, but.
0: I don't know why, you just don't want to admit it.
1: Now, you're you're allegedly fully an anti-cat guy?
2: Who, me? Is that right?
1: I know there's
0: a cat thing with you.
2: I'm not anti-cat. I, I, Abe just thinks I should have cats. He thinks I'm the type of person he just, that would have cats. Paul
1: just seems like he'd be a cat guy. You do seem like a cat guy, a little. I mean, if there was like a cat on, behind you, just let kind me of,
0: ask you something. On the
1: thing, that would make. Sense. <laughs> it's, it's
0: about Paul that he just fights me on. That just it just seems so relevant to, to anybody who meets him, right? So you don't know Paul, Alex. You, you meet him. He doesn't say his last name. You're sitting at a bar. Does. <laughs> Does the concept of this guy might be Italian ever enter in your mind? No. Because yeah, no. Paul could be the least Italian person listen, I've ever met.
2: I wear right. a cornicello. Can I be any more Italian?
0: I'm just telling you, it's the you're the least Italian person I think I've ever met. I, and listen, even after I know he's Italian, I forget, and every time he brings it up like, oh, that's right, you're Italian. That's how unItalian <laughs> he is. That's fair.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see that.
2: You don't know me in my personal life. I make sauce on a regular basis. We have Sunday dinner at my house. Like, I,
1: the, the, we're very traditional. The fact that you call it sauce already is a is a lie to me. First of all,
2: <laughs> no, no, if you call it gravy, you you're just, either from you you're from South Philly.
0: Bus, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not gravy. The, the New York
2: Italians do not call it gravy. Every New York Italian
0: know. I've met is called a gravy.
2: No, that's that's the uh, well, see, I don't want to get into it, but the, <laughs> you, well, Alex, we've You're...
0: scientifically broke it
1: down. We broke it down. I mean, scientifically, <laughs> it's, it's gravy. If we go by the logic of food
2: <laughs> and what gravy consists of, it's gravy and how you use gravy. Well, what is a gravy? What it's would that, you consider gravy? It's that brown stuff that you put on mashed potatoes and meat. And and <laughs> what is it made with? It's uh, uh, cornstarch, flour, uh, meat. and meat drippings. Right. So now what do you put in uh, sauce? Not cornstarch and flour, but yeah. there's. Yeah, I but what's the meat underlying in... base. The meat? The meat the, is the base. The meat is what you start with. That is correct. Right. But you don't right. start so with it's... a roux like you do with a traditional gravy.
1: But the base is the meat which makes it a gravy.
2: Listen, we need you're to get the real chef marinara on, sauce. When we talk to Eric Espinosa again next time, we'll get the real shepherd's sauce. Eric to Espinoza doesn't qualify.
0: <laughs> let me ask you a question. Yeah, he really doesn't qualify. Eric Espinosa only qualifies like myself only by consumption. That's it. Um, <laughs> let me let me just ask you a question, right? A caprese salad consists of what? Uh, it be... or yes? No, me? I'm asking the non-Italian.
2: The non-Italian, it's tomatoes, basil, and mozzarella, right?
0: Alright, at least he said mozzarella. I was I was I was waiting for him to say mozzarella. Right, right, right. Never. Yeah, I was that had that
2: would never say that. I was
0: waiting for me to say <laughs> mozzarella.
2: No way. We I and was teaching Axel. Cheese. I was teaching Axel he had regatta for the first time the other day, and I was teaching him how to say regatta. And he uh, he's here now. Axel say regatta. See? Good enough. Good <laughs> <enough. All
0: right. laughs> we teach him the right way. <clears throat> so you're heading back this week, huh?
2: Yeah, we, we plan to drive overnight Monday and stop about half a little more than halfway. Stay for a day or two with my father in law and then uh, and then make our way back to South Florida. Finally, so we can. Warm are, up.
0: are you are you, do, are you at least documenting like their first road trip pretty well?
2: My wife is. She takes a lot of pictures. Right, good, I don't know if you're watching good. all the. If you've watched our Facebook. I've got a lot of Facebook yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she it's takes pictures. The,
0: the first road trip ever, man.
2: Yeah, it was. You know, and it's a, a doozy putting two kids under two. Well, actual turned two while we were here, and two dogs in my wife's like compact SUV. It's been uh, it's been an experience, and driving 22 hours up here. I just I'm just not looking forward to the trip back. It's it's just difficult. The baby doesn't like the car, so we bought him. See, you're gonna yell at me, but we bought another iPad for the baby because he likes to watch Baby Einstein in the car. It quiets him up. So no, no, we're no, in the car babies,
0: babies, babies. Electronics and stuff is okay.
2: Okay, yeah, TV,
0: so electronics. Our kids watch. It's as soon as they get old enough that they don't need it. That we took it all away from them. But all the babies like the TV was on the baby channel at all times. Yeah. Um. We let them do stuff on the iPads. But that's because, you know, there's very little they could do at that age. Right. You know, they're right. not reading. They can't get into trouble. They're track, not running around. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's not much you could do. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't until they get a little bit older that we pull all the electronics away. Um, yeah, he's,
2: Axel's getting obsessed with it. But he likes to play the games and, like, matching and colors and shapes. So right now he's okay. We had to take regular YouTube off of his iPad, though. Because he I walked in the other day and he was watching my 12 year
0: old doesn't have YouTube on her iPad.
2: Yeah, I I I don't think I don't do
0: regular YouTube for my. Yeah. What were you thinking?
2: I don't know. But I walked in and he was watching some like Latina dance fest with the girls in bikinis shaking their butts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well,
2: time to take it away.
0: (laughs) You, You didn't pull out your phone and record that right away. No,
2: because I thought I would get yelled at for having him watch it. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, so so we put YouTube Kids on there. And he hates it because he can't, you know, he doesn't have as much flexibility with selecting things on it.
0: So listen, what's the scoop with Colin? Will he get out in 2020?
2: Yeah, I talked to him this morning. He said that he hasn't been able to get to the shop uh, because he's working so late. Because now his, his handyman job, they are working like, all hours of the night as well get to which shop get to your shop to pick up the the okay, hard so drive from adam
0: let me make let me make this clear in front of a whole live audience
2: sure
0: make it happen this week i will get it personally delivered wherever he's at stop giving me excuses on why he's perfect. not back on. perfect you know why, why why do i gotta find out like after the fact let's get colin back on the show i've been telling yeah. you this for two weeks no, he's, uh, he's listen, listen, I know you're like on a mental vacation while you're up north. You're I'm, not so not. north. I'm so you're not. I'm so not. You're pretending you're pretending like you got a job and you're doing stuff, but yeah, when you get back, this this craps, <laughs> over. This Colin, crap's over.
2: Colin will be back for the next show as of Good. this morning.
0: And by the way, and I don't know if morning. any of our listeners or followers out there caught it, but I hope you guys liked the new intro.
2: Oh yeah, that was a new intro today.
0: That was the new intro. Brand I new intro. About that. And yes, great. We got some uh, KMA changes on the way as far as technology. Um, I even came up with our, our brand new segment because our producer won't do his job. And uh, I hope to have our brand new segment. Uh, it won't be every week. I think it'll be at least like every other week segment. It'll be a special featured segment that my wife actually inspired me to think of last night while I was driving home. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to hopefully get, get the first one up next week. I'm not even telling Paul what the segment is because he's not. Yeah, really. I don't know either. Yeah, he, I'll tell you later. Okay. I just thought of it last night. I'll tell you later, but we're not even telling Paul because he's not even worthy. We he's don't even he's not even critiquing anything, yet. so why tell him? Let him experience <laughs> it for the first time next Saturday. I thought you were going to do it today. I just thought of it last night.
2: All right. Well, you said you made it seem like it was going to be a surprise for me today.
0: so oh, It'll be a surprise when it happens.
2: Okay. I want to talk about your live event with Eric Espinosa, who's actually on and commenting and, and listening to yes. us right now. Dude, That I, let me tell you something. I've met Eric a lot of times. And I've met Eric a lot of times and heard a lot of his stories. We've had him on the show a bunch. There were a, a couple of stories there that I don't think have ever been made public before, right?
0: You know, when you, when you know each other 25 years... 20-some years. I mean, there's a lot of stories. I mean, there's still stories that probably haven't, you know, been made public or come out publicly. So, yeah, I mean, I think we came up with a couple of stories. I mean, I know we've probably shared them, whether we shared them on KMA or shared them to the full world, but, you know, hanging out with Eric or doing in a virtual event or an interview with Eric is, you know, it's, it's just like we're sitting around talking like we normally do. It's yeah. very natural because we've, we've done and shared and you know, been around each other for such a long period of time,
2: and the story of how he found Hector, like I, I didn't know any, I didn't know any of that. And honestly, right. uh, the story of of him dissolving his first partnership, I knew a little bit about it, but he, he really got into it. It was really
0: people tend to talk about that stuff more the further it gets away. Yeah, yeah, right, right, did, right, right, right. Like I'm hoping in another like five years we'll learn why Chris Riley really left Casada Cigars. Right? Oh I mean, man. But there's certain things that never really come out, right, in this industry, which which baffles me because there's really very little secrets in this industry. Like till till this day, certain things are really have kept are kept under wraps. That, that, that you know, it's like you know who who killed Kennedy, right? That's how I look at it in this industry. Right. <laughs> you know, till this day, and maybe maybe Kurt, you know, Kurt's coming on. He's our Meet uh, Your Makers. Maybe he'll know. But I've never heard a rumor, or I've never even heard like a fake, you know, a possible story, whatever of how uh, Nick Perdomo and Mike Ergeny split up. You know, it was, it, Mike's his brother-in-law and he was vice president of Perdomo for years and then just overnight that relationship ended and it was over. And I, I think it's got to be at least 15 plus years now and I have no clue how or what or never even heard a story about how that happened. So, you know, time will usually let guys get a little more honest and talk about stuff like that but some things, I guess, are just going to go to the grave.
2: Wow. That, yeah, I mean... Start, like-
0: Digging for these questions next time we have these guys on, just got to throw it out there and see. What you know, got. it's it's hard, but you you never really get. I mean, that that's one I like. I never even heard anything from anybody about. You know, this is this is an industry man. They love to talk about stories, right? I mean, Charlie's posting a story before I even hear. You know, Charlie's posted right. about some of our microblades before I even made a press release. I'm like, dude, how do you <laughs> about it? Seriously, I'm not kidding. So you know, I mean, so you know, it's it's one of those industries where really, like, you know, stories like to be told and. uh that's one that I have no idea. But no, it was great having Eric on. It was actually a, um, you know, we, like my, it reminded me of our the interview that we did with Jonathan during the Dogma release, because Jonathan also, we have way history going back. And oh, yeah. those, are, those are kind of, um, you know, sentimental interviews when we have them. Right. So.
2: Well, and speaking of Jonathan, one other thing that I didn't realize is that the way that Juan Cancel and Eric hooked up was through Jonathan Drew. He said that Jonathan introduced him to Juan Cancel. And that's how that, you know, it came to be that Lazona started making uh, the Protocol cigars, which is another cool little factoid. But it was just, it, w- it was really cool. I got to say, like, it was, uh, Eric was was on point and it was uh, it was really interesting to watch. I watched a little bit of it live and then I even went back later and watched the rest of it and and really, really enjoyed it. it. those live events are cool. and I agree with Eric it's I feel like you guys get more more notoriety out of doing it online. I mean as great as it is to do live events at the shops, which obviously hopefully that will come back someday soon. I still think that these like live events are are even though you probably had like 200 people watching at the time, it was it, it feels so intimate. so i I, I like that.
0: Look, it, 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 a lot of it's part of the process, right? I mean, it's always going to feel more intimate when I'm talking to somebody I have I've had a relationship with 20 years. I mean, like, right, right. Eric, Eric's literally family. He's one of the few. He's one of the few people that I have a professional relationship with that was invited to my wedding. I was invited to his wedding out in Vegas. So I mean, those are always going to be more intimate and more emotional and more you know you know sentimental because you know there's a lot, a lot of history there. Yeah. Uh, you know, was... Eric and I, Eric and I were both like literally like noobs. We were babies in the industry at the same time. He had just left UPS and was a rep for Caribbean Imported Cigars, which later became Camacho. And I would like just got in the business. And I met him because I met all their sales reps, sales reps because Sal Fontana, one of my mentors, was you know heavily involved with Camacho and Caribbean Imported Cigars. He worked with mm-hmm. Julio Arroyo for over thirty years, and um, that's how I met all, all the people who worked over there
2: it's a it's a cool story man when's the next event do you have one scheduled
0: Uh, we have one scheduled with pete johnson in october yeah i don't have the final date off the top of my head but i think it's mid to the third week of october maybe and uh, that should be pretty cool we we dug up a lot of stuff out of the vault a lot of rare stuff a lot of old dress boxes some pork chops some uh really cool stuff and i think it's going to be the another debut of, an, of a Pete's event only cigar now he's had that pumpkin cigar for a yep. while now i uh, have one this. in my
2: humidor actually
0: but now he has this new size called the shrunken pumpkin and it'll be the debut of that event cigar so that'll be uh, the event cigar for that event so it'll be pretty cool
2: speaking of pumpkin is pumpkin spice taking over south florida like it is up
0: here well, it's that time of year it becomes yeah. a Starbucks drink, drink of choice, right?
1: That's a very non-Italian question. I just want to throw that up. <laughs> I'm, <telling you. laughs>
0: I'm telling you.
2: We're the we're what we're what Italians call the the uh, I don't know if this is a bad word or not. It might be a racial slur, but they call us the, the Medigans.
1: Medigans. We're we're, we're the, yeah,
2: we're the we're the Italians that turned into white people. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: All right. We we have a great guest with us, an old friend of the show. Abe, one of your like personal friends, right?
0: I I I have a deep affinity and affection for this guy. Uh, tons of respect. And, and, and you know, it's funny because I knew of him for many, many, many years. And you know, look, there's 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 people that you know and you see every year, but you just never take the time to stop and interact with. He was one of these guys. Um I really can't remember what got us interacting uh i think maybe it was when we first bought his brand because on top of having a great retail shop which we'll talk about uh he's also a brand owner and we'll talk about his well-known brand and i think that got us going but the more and more we got to know each other man i we just uh, you know like when I, we were talking about pre-show you asked me if i'd ever been up there yet and i said no but you know i don't just say shit out of I, that's a trip i really want to make head up there and yeah. hang out in his shop in his area for a weekend you know Got out of town with my wife for a weekend. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad uh, we got him on. It's always a pleasure to talk.
2: So, without further ado, Mr. Kurt Kendall from Seven Twenty Four Cigars. Kurt, how you doing?
3: Excellent. How about yourself?
2: And we're hanging in, man. It looks it looks like Kurt's living the life over there, huh,
0: guys?
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs>
3: Kurt, uh, Kurt, not seems... a bad place.
0: Yeah, when I when I watch Kurt or follow Kurt, Kurt really seems like he's gotten to the point of his career. Where he, he's savoring the moments of life. Which is what we all want to get to. I mean, we work hard. And what do we work hard for if you can't stop? And some people don't know how. Like, my dad was one of those ones. I mean, he really didn't know how to stop and savor a lot of things in life. Until he was really forced to sell the business. Because I kind of moved away and left him, you know. So, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. <laughs> my brother my brother had his, his own place. I moved away. He's like, I'm, I'm done. None of my, None of my kids want the family business. So he got out. But he's gotten, I tell you what, sometimes it takes a life moment. I'll tell you what changed for my dad. My dad, um, I'll never forget, my dad has been an avid racquetball player. He got us playing racquetball like at four years old when we were young. I mean, just constant racquetball player. Still plays. I mean, he may have stopped in the last year or so, but like played throughout his whole life. He'll still go and play. And uh, I'm, I'm going to maybe go about maybe 15 years ago maybe a little longer, 15, 16 years ago, he was having back pains. He thought he'd hurt himself playing racquetball. So uh, he finally went to the doctor and he thought it was like a pull or a strain and ended up, he had a tumor in his kidney.
2: Oh my the God. Size of a,
0: the size of a golf ball. Um, i never heard this story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I, I got, the, I got the news. Um, they had done the surgery. I had the Honda classic that week and you know, um, I remember getting the call when he came out of surgery, they took it out. He lost only a little bit of his uh, kidney. Um, and um, has been free. No, never, never had to go through chemo or anything, but that changed his life. Yeah. After that, my dad became a traveling fool. Every year he takes three or four trips. He's been everywhere and he'll go on a whim all over the world from Vietnam to Argentina, and and it was i mean i hate to say it like this but honestly it was a, kind of like the best thing that ever happened to them because you know they just don't know how to t- savor those moments in life they 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 were born farmers my dad's one of 10 kids they were born for child labor literally you know <laughs> oh we got a big crop coming up man. we got to have another kid you know that's you know <laughs> that's what the what. and and that's how you know god god bless him, my grandfather was i mean the the, the village the communal like monastery would like you know do these pilgrimage images through towns and they came up to, like, my grandfather's place once. and he goes, hey, do you want to send any one of your kids to be a priest? My grandfather looks around and sees my dad. He goes, yeah, take that one. That's what it was. My dad spent two years in a monastery, you know, becoming a priest. You know, and then couldn't take it anymore, ran away, and then got whooped by my grandfather for leaving. You know, but, you know, that's the life they have. So they, don't, they didn't develop these things of, oh, yeah, let me enjoy myself. So right. for him, that was, like, the best thing that ever happened. So when I watched Kurt... I love it because Kirk just seems to be at that and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to have a place in life where, Hey, I've worked hard. I got a good business, but it's important to enjoy all the little things that are going on.
3: That is correct. Dave, I've been uh, really trying to, uh, live that way the last few years. I've had a lot of situations in my life where I recognize that that's probably what I should be doing and, uh, not being at work six or seven days a week. Every week I did that, I've been working for myself almost 35 years, so, you know, it's uh, it's a blessing uh, of a lot of the things that I've been able to do in life, from traveling at work to enjoying my home here and uh, just really, uh, you know, taking advantage of the uh, fruits of my labor and uh, enjoying myself a little bit more than I have in the past.
0: Oh, good for you, because honestly, a lot of people have a hard time getting to that point. So, I mean, let, I want to focus on the retail aspect of your business, uh, and then we'll get into the brand, 724. So, Kurt, for guys who don't know your shop, you have a phenomenal shop, a very well-established shop, a uh, twin smoke shop up in New Hampshire. How do you, what did you do before you got in the, the business, and how did you eventually get into cigar retail?
3: Well, I was basically uh, a very low-educated... Uh, labor is really how I went through my life and uh you know I'm street smart but never got a lot of schooling and uh I basically just worked myself up through the ranks of being a laborer and what kind uh, of labor but,
0: what, were you, what were you doing construction I mean what kind of labor? construction
3: uh excavation that type oh, wow. of thing okay you know landscape and but I always had a very uh keen entrepreneurial mind I always had some sort of side hustle or something I would do on the weekends. And, you know, that entrepreneurial side of me never stopped growing. I've lost thousands of nights sleep thinking about the next idea or the next plan or move. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. eh? You you mean you go to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) I I really I have no problem going to sleep. It's staying to sleep. Uh, You know, at four o'clock in the morning, I wake up.
0: Yeah, I got the opposite problem. I got troubles getting myself into bed to go to sleep. But once I sleep, I'm out like a log. But if I can, if I could squeeze out four hours in a night, if I could have actually let my mind wind down, because it's like, I'm stubborn. I don't get to this point saying, Oh, it's this time I should go to bed. I literally wait to like, all right, I can't keep my eyes open time to go lie down. And usually it's like two or three in the morning. So, but once I lie down, I'm, I'm out, I'm gone. I, I could sleep through the morning.
3: Well, you know, as I work for myself all these years, uh, I got uh, introduced to premium cigars from my twin brother, Kevin. Hold and, on. Uh, he...
0: Now, see, here's a perfect example. I didn't even know you had a twin brother. This is the first time I've heard this in all the years I've known you. We talked about got... it the last time he was on. Did he? Yeah, we, we talked about how Jen? he got into cigars. You knew he had a twin brother? Yeah. All right, then. That's
1: my that point. actually, yeah. that just answered a question I was going to ask because my streak continues every time I'm on the air a twin smoke shop comes up one way or another, whether it's my hometown shop of the twin shop. And now we have twin smoke shop, but I was going to ask where the name came from. And I guess we just got it.
3: Yeah. I heard you guys talking about uh, Anthony the other night in the twin shop and uh, we're twin smoke shop. Uh, and my neighbor just fired up his leaf blower. So I hope that's not
0: uh... ah, very little. No, it's very, yeah, near very, very light. Light. Yeah. We're good. We're good.
3: So but, what,
0: what, what is your, are you identical or no?
3: Yeah, we're identical twins. Oh, my God. My brother, Kevin, is, uh, you know, we look just alike. We're mirror image. So he's a lefty. I'm a righty. We—we uh, we tell, think... me, tell me he doesn't have a beard right now. He's got something going on.
0: Does he really? Okay, so oh, next yeah. time you're with him, you
3: honestly got to take a
0: picture with your twin and tag me because I, I just want to see it. <laughs> I will,
3: sure. I might see him in October. Now, but, was uh, he in, where does he live? He lives in uh, Old Saybrook, Connecticut, down in that area. Not that so far. we grew up in Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, most of my family stayed in Connecticut, where right after high school, I moved to New Hampshire. Why? And uh, You know, honestly, it was... I, a girl? I took a, No. I took a <laughs> trip to visit a friend of mine who got transferred to New Hampshire, and we drank and had a great time and partied, and... Uh, the culture shock of New Hampshire from Hartford, Connecticut was unbelievable, and uh, I decided I never went back. I stayed in New Hampshire and uh, moved up there, and uh, I've been up here over 30 years. Wow,
0: That's it's funny. A, that's how I came to Florida, really, on a visit, and I never went back. Same thing. Yeah, I've
3: heard you say that before, and I've said, yeah. wow, that's the same thing yeah. I did.
0: Now, now was your brother involved at all? And we, okay, so how did you finally make, look, I mean, look, as an entrepreneur, and I've seen this because I, I always try to get the young men who work for me, I try to get them ready for that next level in life. And there's been a couple times throughout my career, like two, two of our smoke-ins are owned by former employees of ours, right? But there are times in life where an opportunity has arisen and some guy can't make that jump to make an entrepreneurial jump, whether you have saved money or you got to go borrow money to do your first business, when it comes time and you're at the edge of that cliff, a lot of people can't make that move, right? They just—I mean, when I was young, I was crazy. I was borrowing money, doing—I so didn't care, right? I mean, you just, I just—I you know—you had—I look back,
3: consequences meant nothing.
0: Yeah, consequences meant nothing. I had no wife. I had no kids. Who get? I—I'll figure it out. So. I was jumping out of airplanes with no shoot and didn't care. You know what I mean? I mean, stuff I look back at, I did 20 years ago. I'm like, wow, I was nuts. Cause I would never take those kind of chances today, but some people don't. So here you are, you're a hard laborer. Where, where's wh- what happens in your head that says, because I don't care how small it is. When you get into retail, it's an investment. You got inventory, you got to build out. So, and you know, it's, it's always a risk. It's an inherent risk. So what, what, what got your frame of mind that snapped and said, okay, I'm done. I'm done moving Bobcats and excavating and doing, I'm, I'm going to go into business for myself. Where was that moment?
3: Well, uh, the enjoyment of cigars, uh, came first. And my, my twin brother introduced me to him. We were down in Boston having a cigar. We would meet halfway. And, uh, you know, I was completely intrigued by the, the enjoyment and the, in the uh of cigars. He was selling cigars in his small restaurant in Essex, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. out of an old Petriaca cigar case. So people were coming in and it was uh midst of the cigar boom in the mid nineties and we got talking a few times and said, Hey, you want to get together and open up a cigar shop, you can move back to Connecticut (coughs) excuse me. And uh we could open up a twin smoke shop. So That was the initial thought and goal. Unfortunately, it didn't work out between him and I. Uh, Somebody had already got a head start in the town we selected, and I went back to New Hampshire. He went back to his business, and I just got thinking, you know, I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I really love these cigars, and I'm willing to take one of those uh, jumps with no parachute and cash in everything I have and start from scratch. You know, at that point— I didn't know how to pronounce most cigars. I didn't know any <laughs> of the terminology. All I knew was I loved cigars and I wanted to be around it. So, you know, I started a small little 450 square foot shop oh, in Londonderry, New Hampshire. That's, no,
0: that's got to be no seating area. No
3: seating. Yeah. No, my first seat was like carry. a KT wheelchair. That somebody donated.
2: That and, sounds uh, like, like Lou Rothman's first shop that where he had the sign that said the largest cigar store in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it was like <laughs> 800 square feet. 800 yeah. Square feet.
3: Yeah. yeah. We had little to no inventory. I, I literally borrowed about 50 boxes of cigars from my brother and I bought probably 50. I started in a manner where you couldn't do it today. I had, uh, I, I literally had about $20,000 total. I had sold a couple of cars and a piece of equipment and. I built all my own cabinets wow. uh, with the help of uh, a master carpenter, and uh, we did the whole build out ourselves. We had all the cigars lined up, which were very few, and it, it was at a time where you could not open an account. There was no chance of that. It was uh, basically buying from a wholesaler, uh, from a friend. We used to actually go and uh, buy from famous, and. Uh, in La Gloria Cubana, we'd buy retail just to have something on the shelves. Wow. That's how tough it was to get cigars. Yeah, so during the I boom, remember
0: the, never during the boom, people g- weren't opening anybody up. I remember Sal Fontana, one of my mentors, Guy Rex's soul, literally walked me to Robbie Levine because like Ashton wasn't opening up nobody. You couldn't get an Ashton account. You know, Ashton today will open up a seven eleven somewhere if they wanted it to their cigars, <laughs> right? I mean, literally. But like they wouldn't they weren't opening anybody up. And because Sal introduced me, they opened me up an account. Now, I want you to imagine this. I'm going to say this, and anybody who's been a retailer who got in the business the last five years are going to go, What? You had to start just buying accessories. They wouldn't sell me cigars.
3: Yeah, that same buy thing happened to me with General. Yeah, I had uh, to we bought
0: buy in Connecticut. Their ashtrays, that's how I got open. And eventually, they started shipping me cigars. That's how crazy it was during that time.
3: Yeah, we grew up in Bloomfield, Connecticut, right next to Hartford, and uh, so we had a connection that worked for General Cigar or Colborough, and she's like, yes, I can get you an account, which was like, you know, another night's sleep loss, thinking about, wow, I'm going to get my first account. Well, when they finally reached out to us, the account consisted of buying polo shirts and hats, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you know, can't my connection do a little better than that? Just, how about one box of Macanudo's? Yeah, get it. crazy. I think my wow. first account open was with Puros Indios. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I think it was back in the uh, possibly the Eddie Ortega days. Uh, and that was the first account. And that was a big deal, like announcing to the world. We have Puros Indios because it was a hot brand back then. It was, it was big, big deal it was before it took the turn. But yeah, it was Puros Indios was hot for a while there.
0: There was openings during that time for good brands to come out because everybody else got blindsided. So you couldn't find Fuente, you couldn't find Macanudos anywhere. No, nothing was around. So it was a good time for some a few companies to shine. Peter's Indios had their run, and I, I don't even know—are they still making cigars?
3: Not that I'm aware
0: of. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it's a shame. I mean, I, I, that was a, I that was a, a brand around for a long time, but I don't even see it, hear it, and you know. I don't even know if they're still around. What typically happens with something like that is, when it's gone, CI or somebody will buy the rights to the name and they'll go start making right. their own renditions of it, and it'll exist forever in name only. I think Bahia is one of them. It's still out so there. So it's right not,
2: not the same cigar. Is it's really just the brand.
0: Well, the Reyes family was big, you know, in, in this business. And, and yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're still there, but they'll acquire the name, and the brand will exist, even though it has nothing to do with the origins anymore.
2: Right.
3: You know, I, I heard you guys earlier talking about the uh, stories of that we know and hear, but I definitely know why Argenti and uh, Pronomo split up. That was uh, Argenti called it gravy, and and uh, <laughs> called it sauce, and, and that, was it after that, that, huh? that, that was is it. That really was it.
2: That's brilliant. Really that will ultimately like be that. my demise here on the show. Clearly,
0: <laughs> you just reinforced my statement on how non-Italian you really are. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. So you got this little shop, Kurt. Now you're starting to get brands. Um, You make a move, you get a bigger store, seating area. And then I think it was what, four years ago now that you opened up your newest, like big place. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So we were in that small location. Uh, We actually were there 18 years. We took over a a portion of the building. It was a freestanding building. And half of it was being rented by someone else. So we were able to take that over throughout the years and grow into a small seating area. But five years ago, we built our world headquarters that we know today. And, uh, it's, it's been a unbelievable experience building something to that level. We, I bought a 10,000 square foot building Ooh. and we were, uh, we, you know, it's three floors, big, you know, big lounge bar, we're very blessed in New Hampshire with having, uh, you know, the what we call the New Hampshire advantage, where we have no tax on cigars, you have no sales tax, we can uh, smoke and drink in the same room, and uh, it's been been a very good blessing that we've worked hard at it uh, through our Cigar Association of New Hampshire.
2: It's a great place to buy cigars and buy booze. That was when yes. we would when we would drive up to see my grandmother, my great grandmother that lived in Maine. My grandfather always made a stop in New Hampshire to pick up boxes of cigars and, and he would get he used to drink Gordon's gin of all things, but he would I mean, he would get like six liters of Gordon's gin and pack it in his trunk for us to go back.
3: So: yeah, that's accurate. A lot of people do that. You'll oh, yeah. see vans full of booze, literally cases <laughs> and cases. Uh, they, they really load up here in New Hampshire.
0: Oh yeah, We got a, we got a question from Melanie Cisco. The Cisco kid. Um, she wants to know what you think the key to running a successful retail lounge is.
3: Well, you know, I don't consider myself a lounge or our business a lounge. I consider it a a, a tobacconist uh, shop uh, with a lounge, and I do see the lounges all across the country. But you know, I firmly believe in everyone is welcome. I'm not a big believer in. Uh, the uh, membership motto or method, unless it just uh, incorporates uh, additional benefits. But everyone's welcome. We have some of the best staff across the country right now. Everybody's very well trained. You know, uh, to back at this university, our, our bartenders are all exceptional uh, mixologists. We keep a really clean uh, spot and you know we just welcome everyone i've been fortunate to have traveled all around the country and parts of the world and taken all the best from what i've seen and imported into our place now you did i remember before
0: you opened up you look before i opened up our headquarters i'd gone i actually drove flew to chicago to look at the first casa de monte cristo in chicago and check that out and i remember you happened to be in town um i'm not sure what it was at the time before you finished your build out or while you were thinking about it and you were looking at this up here but that's what i think good people do we we want to learn we want to learn from other people's what they do and how they how they build but um, i
3: took some ideas from you abe you're uh in your walk-in humidor you have some of the naked cigars on the wall in these uh octagon shaped holes i believe and uh I made a variation of that and also and mine, and mine was of,
0: a variation off the Chicago boys. I mean that's what yeah. that's, you know, that's what you do. But you know, it's one of those things in this industry, and we kinda of talked about it with uh manufacturers, but a lot of retailers are like Kurt and I. Like I never mind another retailer who wants to learn and ask questions and whatever. And there's a lot of that camaraderie in this industry. You know, I called up the guys in Chicago and said, Look, I want to come up, I wanna look at your store, see what you did. I heard great things about, it. you know, they were very welcoming and the same thing with Kurt. And I think it's, it's something that's common in our industry more than any other industry, to be honest.
3: Yeah, it really is. People are very giving and, uh, people come to me all the time as well. And I'm happy to share anything I can, whether it's the best way to do a promotion or successful ways that we've, uh, run promotions or whatever it is from ventilation to bar techniques. You know, we buy a lot of, uh, uh, select barrels from uh, around the world for our bar. And I've shared that idea with plenty of people that have taken advantage of that. And, uh, it's good to share.
2: Now, when you say you get select barrels, do you get to travel to the distilleries and pick your barrel or to somebody yes. from your shop that see that's cool. That's well, cool. right
3: now it's hard to do. And, uh, right. we've selected, a we've selected probably three barrels, uh, during these these last six months, where we haven't been able to travel, but I've been to Tennessee plenty of times, Kentucky, and we make an annual trip to Mexico, and uh, fly into Guadalajara. We make a like a five day trip out of it, and we visit all the distilleries in Jalisco, and we buy tequila, and that's some <laughs> of the best experiences I've ever had. Uh, that that's a really good trip. We've we have some good connections there to. Uh, get in the distilleries and buy from Patron, uh Casanoble, wow. uh, Herodora. And uh so it gives us unique pr- uh items to have in our own locations, uh which drive people in to experience that. Now earlier in the show we were,
0: you're a tequila guy, right? Yes. I think I heard that somewhere. Your tequila is your your uh libation of choice. Right now it is. Uh, what was it before?
3: I was always a bourbon guy.
0: Oh, I enjoy okay.
3: good bourbons. And uh, we, we bought plenty of barrels of that. Uh, but with, with this tequila experience, most people don't understand tequila. Yeah. And they think about the old days of doing shots of Cuervo Gold and yeah, oh. right, you know, getting right. banged up and throwing <laughs> up. Well, uh, that's not what tequila is all about. It, it's actually one of the cleanest spirits that I've ever experienced. Uh, to learn what tequila is uh, from the, you know, the the blanco or the silver to reposado, añejo, extra añejo, it's a it's a great experience to learn all that. But to uh, sip on good tequila in the proper glassware, and uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable. I can't get away from it. I've turned hundreds of people onto it that have really got to enjoy it of themselves. Now, yeah. you got a question, Paul? I, I no, keep
0: giving I you a moment, say... and then you wait till I say something. I gave you a whole five seconds <laughs> to start your question. You didn't no. say nothing as soon as I opened my mouth. Yeah. Are you... <laughs> no,
2: tequila, tequila is, as I've gotten older, because I, I used to love it, and then I steered away from it for a while. And now I'm starting to as I as I find different tequilas that I can enjoy and sip like you're saying. Now I'm starting to enjoy it more, but I have some friends that are that are these hardcore tequila guys like I would consider myself more of a more of a bourbon guy as well. And uh it it is a spirit that you can relax and enjoy and not do shots and everybody has that mentality. But I think it's in the in the past couple of years it's also just become more appreciated like you're saying is People people are now starting to enjoy some of these um, micro distilleries that that make this ultra premium tequila that's out there. So it's um, it's definitely become more enjoyable for me. I mean, my wife is a is a huge tequila fan, so I've been forced into it anyway.
0: Eric Espinosa just said tequila sucks balls.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's, well, that's classy. That's not surprising, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to have a sit down, Eric. Believe yeah, you, you. Have, you, have to yeah. you have to educate him. Yeah, educate him.
2: He's a whiskey now, guy and rum, right?
0: Eric, come to New
3: Hampshire. We'll uh, convert you.
0: There I you think go. Eric. Yeah, I think I think I've only seen Eric drink whiskey. I can't even remember what Eric drinks. I remember seeing him drink anything other than maybe just straight whiskey out of a uh, He
1: was
2: drinking whiskey the other day yeah. on your live event. Yeah, he
1: was drinking. He was drinking Uncle Nearest the other night.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, Pappy. Like he has a collection of Pappy. That's right. He's oh, got there those, you go. Is world famous collection of Pepe. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about the seven twenty four brand in the second half of the show. So I want to touch base on a couple things. Uh first off, we were talking about this great life and thing. You you I just watched you have like a five day feeding fest um with Rocky Patel on social media. I mean you guys were like cooking up a storm. Oh yeah, I saw pasta, I saw ribeyes. I mean, I just saw everything going. And and Rocky took over your kitchen from what I was watching. He did peppers. I mean, like everything.
3: Yeah, he did. He he came up here and uh visited for a few days, and we ate and drank and smoked like kings, and uh really enjoyed the the company that we uh got together with, and had a great time. And Rocky's an incredible, uh, very passionate guy in the kitchen, and.
0: Now I've heard though- his story. I've never had his cooking, but I heard Rocky is a culinary guy. Like he cooks, like he is serious about his cooking in the kitchen.
2: Yeah, he said yeah, on the show during COVID, he's been really experimenting in the kitchen. But yeah, he, he doesn't just make like you know burgers or anything like that. Like he's like classical cuisine. He cooks. So,
0: so look in, in 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 classic you know David Portnoy fashion here. We need a score. 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 Rocky's culinary skills on a ten-point scale.
3: I'd say don't, you know. Don't be his a rookie. Culinary skills no in the kitchen. Scores. No
0: rookie scores. Don't be. A, you know. Don't be a. Don't be a rookie. Let's see.
3: Uh, I'd say uh, be, between the uh, cooking and actual cleanup, which he oh participated he cleaned up in. too.
0: Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That, that, that I mean, that's, that's, that's like yeah. That's All like right, a so half point him point right there.
3: Watching him from the grocery store, which was hilarious, getting all these things. He was buying things that I'd never heard of. Most of the ingredients I had never heard of. <laughs> but he was buying the grocery store trip, the actual cooking, and then the cleaning. Oh, wow. I would have to say I'd give him uh, an eight and a half for sure. Wow. Okay. 8.5. 8. 8.
0: 8. 8. 8.5 is score. a legitimate score. It's a good score. score. 8.5. I got to tell you what. See, so you got Rocky Patel. I got Eric Espinosa. Why do I feel like I got the short end of the stick? <laughs> wait
1: a wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I mean, I've done I mean some, Wait wait wait. I've done some fine culinary cooking at your house.
0: You have come done great uh, my, Sunday.
1: Great sauce, sausage peppers. and peppers. No, is... no no.
0: But we're just talking manufacturers here. You know. I, I get, I've experienced Eric's cooking as well. So yeah, I, mean. I got the short end of the stick. I got hard yeah, pasta. Rock uh, hard. Yeah, overcooked filet, and, and you guys <laughs> had a culinary experience. <laughs>
3: Well, Rocky's uh, sausage uh, recipe came from Philadelphia. From I heard uh, Anthony. Yeah, I heard he
0: actually he said that, on, that in the Facebook. oven
3: with a bottle of wine, and uh, you know it was it was very unique and uh, very good. We we did that for the uh, football games. Wow. We made pizza on the grill. We made uh, we did the steaks, pasta. He cooked breakfast uh, a couple mornings, and I cooked wow. breakfast a couple mornings. I took Rocky to, uh, like, where I live here. It's very rural, and there's a lot of farms around me. So Rocky and I got my old 66 Chevrolet pickup. We went and hit some of the farms, and we bought fresh eggs and bacon and some vegetables. And uh, he couldn't believe, you know, he probably hasn't done a lot of that, uh, driving through the countryside, hitting farms. And so we met a farmer that day, and he... Actually Rocky didn't go with me that trip and uh I bought some eggs and uh the farmer invited us up. He's like, I'm gonna show you uh the one of the nicest bars in New Hampshire. So oh, wow. I grabbed Rocky after the Green Bay game and we drove up to his house and the guy opened up this giant barn door and we walk into like the Mecca bar of New Hampshire that this farmer built for entertaining his buddies and uh it's we It's a had personal blast. bar. It's a personal bar. It's his bar. personal
1: bar. His wow. personal
3: bar. Post and Bean Barn, and uh, it was incredible. Uh, we, we didn't cool. want to leave. Wow.
0: Now, can I safely assume there was no curry that weekend? No curry at all. No curry dishes.
3: Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm curi- I wasn't curious
0: if Rocky cooks any traditional food in his culinary, uh, you
3: know. Well, I've beverage. seen him, him cook uh, some of the traditional food in Honduras. Uh, oh, yeah okay but uh none up here i i was actually looking forward to that because i i wanted to taste some but it didn't happen <laughs>
0: so before we head on to the second half show I, i'd like to bring up jennifer if you don't mind because i had the pleasure of meeting her uh down here once um who, who's your much uh better looking half we'll call it <laughs> that right um how long have you guys been together we've
3: been together about
0: three years now, I'm just curious because, like, I've known you much longer than three years, and I I only honestly had the pleasure of interacting with her for a very short period of time when you guys were visiting down here, and we became face on friends on Facebook, and, you know, she's very inspirational and spiritual on her posts, and a lot of that goo, Gaga Goo Goo stuff turns me off, but actually, I think I mentioned to her once, I said, I just want you to know normally, like, I don't like any of those kind of posts, I love your posts, and she seems to be very much about life has she been part of the inspiration of this i need to stop and enjoy life because it kind of coincides with the last few years of your life has she been your muse to speak of, of sitting back and smelling the roses and you know starting to enjoy life a little more because I, I could totally see that being her being an effect on you
3: <laughs> well she's sitting a few feet away from me and uh I I would have to say that she has been a huge inspiration in that. And, uh, we try to inspire each other through, uh, she's an entrepreneur herself and, uh, and we share ideas and we share a lot of relaxation time. We share the, this Lake behind us, we do a lot of boating and, uh, just cooking and relaxing and it's hard to leave here and go to work, uh, when she's sitting here and, you know, uh, I get this uh, beautiful scenery around me. It's it's hard to get back. Uh, this whole COVID situation has been. Uh, I don't know if I if it's selfish to call it a blessing for me personally, to actually, you know, relax a bit and uh, smell the roses, regroup. And she's been a big help and part of that for sure. Good for you, man. You're a lucky guy. You know, she's awesome. I-, I
2: talked to her for like a half hour yesterday. He's just a, a, a cool, a cool person.
3: Yeah, well you're. Told me we're talking nerd talk, and uh, he is. A yeah. an
0: <laughs> Paul's a semi creeper. Be careful, Kurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, a happily a, married man. I didn't say you're unfaithful. I said you're a creeper. Well, there's a big difference. What does that you mean? Get, you get infatuated with certain people, and then you like want to know everything about you them. Don't like you don't like to talk to them. beautiful women. She's a huh? she's a lovely person.
2: She's beautiful. She's smart. She's cool. You don't Dude, like to do talk you, to people like that.
0: You creep, Adam.
2: Oh, here, well, Adam is fascinating.
0: That's... there you go. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, wow. fascinating is never a word I heard anyone mention the same. How sentence. does a person
2: Adam? like that exist
0: and survive in society?
2: That's my question.
0: He doesn't exist in society. That's sure how.
2: he does. He's still he's still around. He does things. He you know. Is he-
0: well, he's not here. <laughs> I mean, I, no. Seriously, like, listen, he took an employee a vacation. Right? I didn't even know he was gone. Like, where's Adam? Oh, he left yesterday. Oh, really? Okay. He's gone for two days before I even realized he was gone. Oh, yeah. Adam, I don't know where he went. Adam. Adam works sub- below society. He's uh, subversive and and just gets by. But that's the universe he lives in. But you're a creeper, like you. Adam infatuates you. you, you you, you want to start putting, you started, you want to get him on a date. You want to follow him home. You want to do no, the, I want re- to do a reality show about his life yeah.
2: because uh, it's Kurt, not normal. Don't
0: let him talk to Jennifer too much. Jeff block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
3: D E G O.
0: Totally, man. Oh, my God. I'm trying to read all the comments. I can't keep up. I need, to get a, I need to get a screen up here. So I, 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 I got to find some way to mount something on top of my computer. Because every time I look, I feel like everybody's always looking at the top of my head. If I'm we, trying to look if
2: at we do topics. a dual, a dual screen for you, you could actually do that. Put two
0: screens. Yeah. Can, yeah. I can do that with your iPad, Abe. I, should, I know i I never really thought about it because I'm always looking on my phone. But I could probably just pull it up the video on another window on my big monitor. Duh. Oh,
2: that's true. Yeah, you have yeah. one of those giant Mac monitors.
0: Yeah, learn something new every day. All right, well, listen, we, Kurt, we're going to take a small break um, just to help pay for our show. We're going to bring you a nice 60-minute video from this USA, and we're going to have more uh, at the top of the hour with Kurt Kendall of Twins with an S Smoke Shop and uh, 724 Cigars. We're going to go more in-depth into the brand and that company right after this. Keep it lit. Hola a todos, mi nombre es Elmer Suárez, de La Flor de Copán en Honduras.
1: My name is Ernesto Cranwinkel and I'm from La Romana, Dominican Republic. Hola, mi nombre es Diana, soy de Manizales, Colombia.
2: Díaz, Freddy Molina, desde Estelí, Nicaragua.
1: Hola amigos, saludos a todos, María Santis, orgullosa de ser puertorriqueña. Cheers, I'm Oliver, I'm from London, England. I love H. Uman Añejo. My favorite H. Upman Dominican cigar is the H. Upman Banker. My favorite H. Upman cigar is the Hermann patch My favorite H. Upman is the H. Upman by AJ Fernandez. My cigarro favorito is H. Upman Española. I highly recommend you try the H. Upman 175th Anniversary, awarded number 10 cigar of 2019. One world together with H. Upman.
3: Surgeon General warning cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes.
0: Welcome back. Honest Abe here with KMA Talk Radio Live uh, with the crew, our uh, South Paul from Philly, uh, Alex Tavella, and uh, Paul DeGracco live still from on the island. Yeah, on uh, Long Island. Still on That's the island. not in, right? On, not right. in. On the island. God forbid you say, uh, you know, in, but on the island. And uh, from his lovely lakeside view, um, Kurt Kendall of uh, Twin Smoke Shop and 724 Cigars. Now, I see the boat behind you. Now, look, when I first learned of who you were, because, you know, I have a graphic background. I had a graphics, my own little graphic business before I moved to Florida, and I remember... When I first learned about who you were, it was at that time, because there really wasn't a lot of creative ads in our industry. It was all the same thing, a stick shot with a box or, you know, it it was all the archaic standard, you know, I've seen it a million times. And then I see this ad of this guy on a muscle car with this huge, I think it was a pit bull or a Doberman rottweiler rottweiler yeah a huge dog and i'm like this is a great ad and i didn't even know about your shop at the time i just thought it was a great ad now at what point when you're doing retail do you say to yourself okay i want to make a brand i imagine you came across the name because you're in the collector you collect antiques and you search out all this stuff i've seen pictures of some of the stuff did Did the idea of the brand come out first? Did you come across a a collectible of the history of the cigar company and did that inspire the cigar? Which came first?
3: Yeah, the collectibles definitely came first. I've been a life, uh, you know, as an adult, lifetime collector of memorabilia and advertising, mostly signs. And I started running across these 724 cigar items. Uh, At that point, I realized that the 724 cigar factory which is in Manchester, New Hampshire, and started there in 1874, was still standing. And I started putting the two and two together with the collectibles, the history of the brand, and then the building. And uh, I remember just driving down to Manchester and sitting in the parking lot and just staring at this factory that still had the signage on it. And between that and the the collection of memorabilia and then learning some of the really cool history of the brand – uh, being a retail tobacconist i just thought how cool would it be to bring this brand back to the market it really deserves that because it w- it had been gone for over 50 years
2: and you said to me i believe kurt that w- weren't they the largest manufacturer of cigars Ho- whole, uh, tell me tell me the factoid because i'm going to get it wrong but they were one of the largest manufacturers of cigars correct
3: well, in what I've seen advertised and written a thousand times, the first year they were in business in 1874, they made 15,000 cigars. By the mid 20s and late 20s, they were claiming to make 80 million cigars a year, being the largest 10 cent cigar manufacturer in the world. Wow! Wow! So they had built a seven uh, seven story, state of the art factory, in uh, right in the heart of, in the center of Manchester, New Hampshire. Roger Sullivan, who created it, was the largest taxpayer in the United States. And, uh, really? you know, a lot of cool facts about the the company and the gentleman. And, you know, I had heard uh, what a good uh, person he was and, you know, for the community and giving and, you know, and I'm thinking, man, I got to bring the brand back. And I really, I, you know, although I've never met him, obviously, I want to be more like him. So, you know, it, it all kind of clicked together and. I kicked the tire on that bringing that back for a couple of years until we finally got the trademark and which we uh, I, I pursued it uh, much faster and uh, to bring it to the market but I, I really never intended to be a national brand I really didn't know what I intended I just wanted to bring it back I at least had a venue to sell them in and you know through the popularity of the the brand locally You know, it started spreading out and, you know, blessed with a lot of people I've met in the industry over the years at the trade shows, etc. You know, I I got it into a few stores and that's how it grew from there.
0: Paul, I'm getting a lot of static. Is that just me on my end? I
2: think it's a little windy by Kurt.
0: Is that what it is? Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't me on my end.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's the winds picking up a little bit over there. But it's okay. So, we can hear him clearly.
0: No, no, we can hear him clearly. I just didn't know it was my headset or not. Yeah. So, a lot. Yeah. I got to imagine that's a that's a big change in pace of being in retail, right?
3: Huge change in pace. You know the uh, and once again one of those giant entrepreneurial jumps from with no parachute because you don't really know what to expect. Uh, and, it you know, social media is just kind of starting and, you know, going to my first trade show and marketing that. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. And it, all of a sudden, it started getting some heat. And I'm like, wow, man, I'm really in this. You know, I went to my first trade show and second trade show, and it gained a lot of popularity. And uh, that you had mentioned the dog earlier. We created that Dog Walker series, which is a small format cigar. Oh, there you go nice oh, I have and, actually
2: uh, smoked that cigar that yeah. that was that was a cigar that Adam recommended to me at your shop Abe
0: actually honestly cigar. honestly it's one of the, the reasons why we uh, we kind of really sought out that brand Adam was a huge fan of of, of your brand early on yeah
3: yeah, yeah he, I, had, he I heard a from Adam several cigar. times and uh you know not as much as Matt booth has but I've heard from on, on occasions.
2: <laughs> yeah, you you are one of his one of his favorite brand owners. Actually, I'm sure he's on the golf course watching the show right now on his whatever his vacation is. Well, one thing I want to talk about before we really get into the brand too is Carlito is it said you know along the lines of antiques. You you have a, a collection of of antique cars, correct? Yes, I do. How many cars do you have?
3: Uh, I have about usually between four and five, depending on garage time. space at any okay. given time. <laughs> but like Abe had mentioned earlier, you know, you see the boat behind me. You know, over the year, I've had the cars and uh, I built my, you know, for lack of a better term, small collection of cars and keepers I call them that I don't use as much as I used to. And uh, now I'm a little more laid back and relaxed on uh, going out in the boat on the weekends especially in this time of year. And then in the fall, I tend to get the motorcycle out and, uh, you know, some of the cars. So that that's what I really enjoy. I love horsepower and going fast. And I don't know if you saw the video last week with Rocky. We were out in a 38-foot cigarette boat. Uh, mm-hmm. that, it was so exhilarating. In the ho- It was 1,800 horsepower, and we all got an opportunity to drive that thing The one of my friends has. And uh, what a blast that was.
0: No, we saw the videos. Yeah, I've seen you become the, quite the enthusiast uh, over the last few years. We have a question from one of our fans, Mark. He wants to know if the barber pole, which I'm assuming he's talking about the dog walker, maybe the barber pole in general, uh, was that part of a, an original 724 um,
3: series tradition? No, that no, that definitely wasn't. Uh, we created the original series uh, of 724, and the second series was uh, the, the Hustler series. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, from a recommendation of a few manufacturers, and especially Nick Perdomo, he told me, Kurt, you're missing the boat. you got to come out with a Connecticut. Uh, the People are still Connecticut smokers, and the majority of the sales are still Connecticut. So when we went to the table to create the second blend, uh, we were using uh, the Brazilian Matafina wrapper on the original blend, And I wanted, I love the characteristic of that Matafina and the aroma and the the burn. We wanted to try and incorporate some Connecticut into it. So we tried it in different ways uh, and wrapper and binder. And uh, what happened was, was we had a a cigar made and there were some scraps of tobacco on the table. And one of the guys at the table just kind of rolled that scrap over the top of, the cigar and lit it up, you know, kind of as a joke. And uh, he said, wow, this is really good. You know, it's, <laughs> it almost added a little cream to the coffee. And uh, that's how the Hustler came out. And if if Carlito's watching, uh, you know, I was thinking about how many premium cigars are striped. And we didn't have a lot of striped cigars on the market. And you had the between the lines, which was, the most sought after cigar of the year, every season, every seasonal release, seasonal release. Yeah. You'd get one or two boxes and yep. people would beg for them. And, you know, the, the other striped cigars were either in bundles or as a, a gimmicky blend. So uh, I gambled and came out with a, a premium uh, series that was striped, a little bit different than most. And uh, I was so nervous. That trade show floor opened. And the people came in, and, you know, the first thing retailers ask you is, what's new? And I'm going right. to tell them that I have a new striped cigar or a barber <laughs> pole, and I was, like, my palms are sweating. I was scared to death, and it actually uh, was very favorable at the trade show that year. It did really well. Still one of my, still to
0: date, one of my favorite short, quick smokes. Right. I mean, I love this cigar. Um I'm drawing a blank. I had a question and now we talked about the fiber pole and I forgot (laughs) broadcast journalism at its finest.
2: Well, I want to talk about I mean, we want to talk about the brand and and how it's evolved. And, um, you know, uh, Kurt, you and I talked a little bit yesterday are are you working on new innovations with the brand now? Or are you are you sticking to staples with with all that's going on out there? Would, what what's what's the status of, of seven twenty four right now?
3: Well, we have five series of cigars we've introduced over the last several years. Yep. And with all the uh, new FDA rulings that were uh, you know over our head, yeah, you know, we were sticking to what we've already made and uh you know i'm a firm believer of uh quality and not necessarily having something new every week right uh so you know over the years we've introduced line extensions of the series we have and we were pretty much sticking with that you know instead of having a new flavor every week although you know you basically have to train your customers and you know let them know that it's not all about what's new it's what's right in front of your face that you might not have enjoyed yet. So, you know, right now we do have a few extensions that we were planning on introducing this year. I'm actually smoking one now. It's our our factory 57 blend and uh, we introduced a couple new sizes, Uh, same with the hustler. But for right now, that's what we're focusing on uh, trying to maintain the quality and consistency of our brand and a cup dabble, a few uh, new things in when we can.
1: Kurt, when you brought the brand back, um, you started putting it out there. Was it recognizable to some people as a, you know, an older brand or was this kind of like new to everybody?
3: Well, that is a good question because, uh, you know, in my area where we live in uh, southern New Hampshire, you know, a lot of people know the factory building and a yeah. lot of the old timers know the brand because a lot of their relatives work there. So throughout the years, their father or grandfather or uncle worked in the factory. So when we introduced it and it was uh, publicized in the local newspaper, people started coming out of the woodwork uh, and really talking about the brand and the stories that would come out were amazing and uh, even more memorabilia and very unique things that I've collected over the years. Uh, A lot of the older time cigar salesmen, were very familiar with the brand and uh, a lot of the older retailers because they had had it in their stores in years past.
0: Uh,
3: if my memory serves me correctly,
0: did I not come across or find you an antique 724 box?
3: Uh, well, your memory is good but it's not perfect because yeah, was you it not found me
0: 24? I can't remember. I, I found remember me like, another box. I remember box. I, remember was I like s- something. It person. was like
3: it was like a ripoff of the brand. It was like seven sixty three, and it had a picture oh, wow. of the factory on it. Yeah, okay. And it was like mint condition, and uh, you gifted me that uh, when I I believe when I came down to Florida okay. uh, for a meeting, and uh, you know I still that's in my living room, Abe, right next <laughs> to some of my other collection.
0: Yeah, it was like that a was, knockoff. But it had the building. It had your factory image on there. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, I have a rare and vintage room, and I acquired a lot of antique, old, I mean, I think some of them are up here now, and some liquor bottles and minis. And I came across this one, like, oh, this is 7 like, No, it ain't. Those numbers are different. Now I remember. But, yeah, I yeah. couldn't remember exactly what it was. Do you ever know, did you ever find out what that brand was, or was oh. that anything, or just uh, some one-off knockoff that I never found out what
3: that one was. There are a few others, too, with numbers uh, associated to it. And a lot of them came out of Boston. So I'm assuming they would do that in competition with the 724 brand.
0: Now, how do you balance? I mean, look, pre-COVID, pre-COVID life, let's say, you know, how do you balance where you're dedicating your time to? I mean, I, I am running. I couldn't imagine. I run my retail shops. I, I can't imagine having to say, oh, now I want to run a distribution of a national brand. I mean, yeah. where, do you, yeah, where do you find the balance for that? Or is, is one more on autopilot than the other?
3: Well, the, the, the retail stores are more on autopilot. I have an excellent staff. That, God bless you. Uh, you know, we're in our 24th year right now. A lot of my employees have been with me eight and ten years. And uh, we do have an excellent staff. Although you still wor I still worry about it every day because I'm a perfectionist and I mm-hmm. like everything spectacular, from the bar and lounge to the retail and but uh Well last know, time you freak- were on
2: Coop you said you were bar backing. I think in January you were up the yes. night before bar backing. <laughs> and so you're 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 still involved there.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm still very involved. I do uh I I do and expect all my employees to basically do whatever it takes, whatever's needed at the time. It's never this is my job or that's your job. You know, we're all washing and cleaning windows and if you got to be the bar back that day, that's the way it goes. Yeah. You know, if you're fortunate enough to be busy enough to have to bar back, it's a blessing. So that's the way it goes. We do whatever we can, but you know, pre-COVID, I was I'm I'm trying to figure out how to maintain a national brand of cigars and uh, maintain a sales force and maintain a national sales manager and travel and be out on the road yourself and the retail stores. It's very difficult. I can't imagine. I'm still trying to figure it out. How many, how many retail doors are you in currently? Well, it's hard to believe, but we, over the years, we've opened over 800 accounts. That's huge. It's huge. Right now, we're maintaining probably about twenty to twenty-five percent of that, on a a, as regular customers, consistent, consistent basis. So let me ask. Let me ask you. I've realized that uh, traveling the the entire United States, trying to maintain the sales force and doing that, uh, is a is a big job. So we focus more on individual areas. Than, rather than uh, trying to be the guy going to Washington State and down to Florida, and you know, it, it's it's too tough for uh, the amount that we have on our plate. It's not easy
0: being a Rocky Patel like back in the day. That's a whole no. different life. Um. <laughs> so, I just curious question: Do any one of your retail customers sell more 724 than your shop?
2: Huh. That's a great question.
0: Is there a customer out there you have that does more business on your brand than, your than the shop. Twin Smoke Shop?
3: Uh, no, okay. there definitely is not. You know, we're we're pretty fortunate, and even though initially people would buy the brand in our retail stores because it was Kurt's brand, you know that doesn't necessarily go as far anymore, and uh, it doesn't last, last forever. Up.
0: That doesn't no. last forever. Your 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 clients or your fan base will come out and will try anything once, you know. If you're involved in it, they're loyal. But if if it it can't stand and doesn't keep their interest, and it's not something they genuinely enjoy, that ride is over. Short. It's a short ride. That's a quick. Yeah.
3: You know, I believe in our product, and the, the product speaks for itself pretty much. It if you present it properly, and your sales force does its job properly, and the staff of the retail store is educated and knows how to speak of it in you know uh, intelligently the brand will perform so i've said that story a thousand times trying to uh, do business with other quality retailers that understand that process but it w- eventually the brand has to stand on its own and retail shelf space is very valuable as we all know so unless you have the combination of all those things the brand can't really have great success in you know certain stores. So, you know, trying to manage all those uh, characteristics for our brand is very challenging.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Um, we have another Ask KMA question, Abe.
0: Yeah, I saw that from, from Hector. From, I was, I was looking. At, it, my screen went blank. I was just on my phone looking at. It. Hector wanted to know. Um, Where are your cigars made now?
3: Well, uh, most of our cigars are made uh, in Honduras, and Nicaragua, at the Placencia factories. So, uh, Tobacco's de Oriente makes, I think, three or four or three of our series. And their Nicaraguan factory makes uh, one of our series, the 1874 series. And then uh, we use Race as Cubana factory to make uh, our newest WK series.
0: Now, how did you choose those places for the cigars? Because that's always interesting, right? There's a lot of great places, you know, where cigars be made. What was your determining factors on, on figuring out who you wanted to work with?
3: Well, I've been working with Alan Rubin, Dave Topper, and Ralph Montero since the beginning. And those guys have been my mentors and building my brand. They blessed me with all of the, uh, things that they've built over the years and handed me the keys to their success. So, uh, they've helped me manage all the manufacturing and brought me to the Placencia family. And that's how that all started in, in including the races. So, uh, you know, they've they've been a big part of uh my brand and I, I actually, you know, consider them partners in my brand uh you know, as a as a friendship and family. They've done a lot for me.
0: Now Dave Topper, you mentioned Dave Topper. Dave Topper is another guy who's been in this industry forever. Um I, I can't even remember if he was one of the original people. I think he was uh when I met all the people from Caribbean ported cigars back in the day, but um, he's been in the business industry forever. He, he's a broker. He's a, a broker up in your area, and does, does, doesn't he have is doesn't he have his own brand? Topper well, cigars his, or his something. His family there. had
3: another uh, old brand called Topper cigars. Yeah, Topper and cigars. Was, uh, you. you know they were big. They were some of the original broadleaf uh, brands, and uh, they were based out of Connecticut, and. I'm not sure if Dave's ever actually had a job outside of the tobacco industry because uh, he's worked for his family's cigar brand. And then he's he became a uh, sales representative for some of the biggest cigar brands in the country and then uh, uh, become a broker.
0: Yeah, he's been around for for a long time. We got to ask him a question living in New Hampshire and Kurt being a car guy. Have you ever gone to Team O'Neill Rally School?
3: No, I've never been, and I'm not familiar with it. I was to say I was hoping you'd educate
0: us on what it was because I don't know what it was either. <laughs> I no, thought I maybe don't... it was an inside joke. I was like, I don't know, maybe this
2: is somebody's somebody's uh, messing with us or something.
0: <laughs> is coop in <laughs> a new room.
2: Uh, um, He's in a new
1: virtual. The laundry basket's gone. <laughs>
2: well, we will. We we can bring him up now. Where's uh? There he is. Coop. What the hell is that background?
4: um it's a it's actually a mountain lodge from uh, nevada so now uh, you, you just, go
0: with that now you, yeah now you're just using random backdrops
4: <laughs> yeah we're still changing it up a bit you know we want to keep the you want to keep things fresh and innovative here you know um it's kind of hard for me to kind of go back into the rooms of the house because i've set up now things in this studio here um so it's it, you know I, unless i break the equipment down and I have to reset it back up, and Paul it's okay, called me saying, "You can, you yeah. can be honest
2: and tell us that the wife won't let you set up in the other rooms anymore."
4: Uh, 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 oh no, you, uh,
2: you want it next week?
4: It will be next week. <laughs> listen, I just have to listen, listen, man. This is, this is not uh No, no, this is how it works here. We, we any, it, th- those rooms, those rooms are meant to be used by me. So, wow, look balls. at Coop stepping up. Paul oh, DeGracco is cool.
0: the last man I know in my universe should be busting anybody's balls <laughs> about not being able to do something because of his wife. Pumpkin spice Paul. Pumpkin oh, Spice daddy,
3: paul. That, paul. Pumpkin spice paul. Right, <laughs> that's
0: the name,
4: that is it. Yeah. Dude, I will make
0: you know, make no arguments about it.
4: I love pumpkin spice.
2: Through October. Listen, <laughs> me and me and Chrissy Critchfield love our pumpkin spice man, or whatever. I'm man enough to talk about it. (laughs) Although I had the Dunkin' Donuts pumpkin spice this week. It's way too sweet.
0: Do do you like pumpkin spice everything or just coffee?
2: I'm trying to think. I love pumpkin beer. I've been drinking a lot of pumpkin beer since we've been here. There's a lot of uh, microbreweries on Long Island now. And uh, we went out to Jamesport. Shout out to the Jamesport Brewery, even though they wouldn't allow people under 21. So my kids couldn't come in. I went in on my own and got some (laughs) pumpkin beer. Uh, yeah, I like pumpkin beer. Uh, I don't know that I have that much other pumpkin spiced, you know, I'm not like on that craze where I need everything pumpkin spice, but I like a, a pumpkin spice latte maybe once a week. You know, I get a little bit less flavoring in it cause I don't like it super sweet like you, Abe.
3: Maybe I, a bath soap.
0: I, yeah, right? No, no, Listen, I Kurt, don't. Kurt, be honest. Being a big muscle car guy, you know, New Hampshire, what does... What sentiment or feelings do the phrase "pumpkin spice" bring out inside?
3: Well, I'm not sure I can use the term that came to my head initially, but it would be it would be uh, you know no pumpkin spice comes to my mind ever. Right?
0: Does that not does that not auto- automatically qualify him for being a cat person right there? I just that, that's why he's a cat person. I that's a cat right, yeah. I, I think I think like if you look at pumpkin spice people, it's Correlate correlates lot to cat people.
2: You could call me a pumpkin spice Karen. Karens cat people. <laughs> right. I own I own possibly the manliest dog in the world. I have a husky pitbull.
0: Listen, that's and Stephanie then I also dog. have a Chihuahua. Don't lie. No, that's Stephanie, no, Don't that, lie. Dog Don't lie. that dog
2: is mine. Don't lie. That dog is
4: mine.
0: Don't lie. The Chihuahua. The Chihuahuas. Is the Chihuahua is your dog, and if you were a real Italian, you would have had a greyhound.
4: Yeah. Hey, I just want to say, as a as an Italian, it's gravy. <laughs> Oh, Coop. It's great. Thank
1: you, macaroni, Coop. It's macaroni and gravy.
4: That's what you have. Macaroni and gravy.
1: Macaroni and gravy. Everything
4: y'all. is gravy. Okay.
0: Now, hold Thank on. Thank you,
4: Coop.
0: Once yeah. again, I didn't know you were Italian. Are you Italian, William?
4: I'm I'm Italian. I'm half Italian. My wife's all Italian.
0: Okay. The Italian was your mother? Yes. Okay. Because unless it used to be Cuperlini or whatever, <laughs> Cooper just didn't.
4: No, didn't bring it, out it,
0: the Italian in you.
4: Here here's where it gets more complicated. My dad is Jewish, but there was an adoption and that's how the Cooper name came in there. Oh um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. But 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 just so you know, Abe, a lot of famous Coopers, like with the last name Cooper, are Italian and when they came over here at South yeah, Island, yeah. they changed like
0: the said, name. It it change. Yeah, it Like I said, unless it changed. Yeah, like Pat, Pat
2: Cooper, his name was like Cupliano or something that's weird like saying. that.
0: It happens. That's why. I mean, yeah. I would have never I would have yeah. never guessed it.
2: Just so you know, I have Italian on both sides. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm I'm about three quarters Italian and a and a quarter Alsace Alsace Lorrainian.
0: We're not side. questioning the authenticity of your Italian heritage. <laughs> We're just all agreeing that you're like the least Italian person I've ever met. Oh, uh, well, I'm Listen, an American I'm f-
4: <laughs> in Long Island. It's sauce. Sauce is the word used in Long
0: Island, yep.
2: but but it's not correct. In or on? But it's
0: not correct. <laughs> it should be on.
2: It should be on. on yeah. Well, Coop's Sauce from Brooklyn. Island. So so Coop's from Brooklyn. So even though they are part of the same landmass, they don't consider themselves part of Long Island. Correct. When, when people but. not from Long Island see or not from New York see them together, they're like, oh, Queens and Brooklyn are, are part of Long Island. Yeah. I mean, physically they are.
4: But well, it's Nassau and Suffolk County, which are considered the Long Island. That is correct. That is yeah. correct.
0: Educate him. Educate him, Coop. Educate him. I'm, I'm macaroni a with macaroni
4: him. and gravy. Ugh. It's hoag and it's hoagie. And, and hoagie,
0: hoagie, yes.
4: And hoagie, yeah. That's not a is New York that, thing.
0: Is that is that hoagie versus sub? Is that what that sub is? Sub or hero or
4: whatever other word. Yeah, we I call think, it hero. Think, I, I, They use I wedge think, yeah. up in uh, New England,
0: actually. Yeah, I think sub is a Midwest thing.
2: Yeah, we call it a, a, a hero here.
0: Like, like, I mean, like, I mean, I, I totally now it's out of my system. But like, when I first moved here, like, everybody looked at me crazy when I would say pop.
2: Yeah, we know. Yeah, we, that's, yeah a we that. that's a Midwest. Yeah, now, now
3: just me saying pop sounds weird.
2: Well, wait a second. Kurt, up in New Hampshire, do they call it
3: pop? No, they call it. Well, when I first moved here, they called it tonic or tonic. For I mean, a Coke? A tonic? For or a Coke? Or they'd say, Yeah. Wow. Or okay. or they'd say, Do you want a Coke? And I'd say, sure. They'd say, Well, what kind do you want? Like a Coke. I want a with Coke. a Sprite or a Mountain Dew or But uh, uh I think what I hear mostly is soda.
2: Yeah, that's what we that's what we grew up saying. And yeah. I, know, I know some people from like Maine and, and Massachusetts call it pop.
0: Really? Like up that, in the east? Yeah, I just thought it was a Midwest really. thing. I never really heard it outside the Midwest. But now, even welcome to the show, now, dog. Oh yeah, there he is. Look. Yeah.
3: That's Basil, the dog.
2: <laughs> That's an Italian name. Absolutely, Basil the yeah. dog. Abe, I think you're muted. He keeps hitting the button.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's the one on my stupid thing. His, I lean up against it. I shut it hip- off.
2: His hip always bumps into it. No,
0: it's my fat gut against the table rubbing on
2: it. <laughs> I was being nice.
0: Yes. Don't be nice at my expense. Don't worry. Don't be nice at my expense.
2: So we got we got uh, the scoop with Coop going on right now. Coop, uh, I mean, I, Coop, you just re- you you had Kurt on your show not too long ago. I think it was January, right?
4: Uh, I think it was actually, yeah, it was right around. It was, like, I think, right before that, like towards the holidays it okay. was.
2: Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. Yep.
2: Um So I, I guess we should find out what the scoop is. What do you, what do you got going on this week? There are,
0: there are a few news articles this week. I'm curious to see what Coop's going to talk about.
2: One of them is a big deal for Coop. Right. Like you have a, you had a um, an anniversary this week or, or what did you say? Three thousand.
4: Um, yeah, it was a milestone. Uh, you know, Cigar Coop's a daily publication and uh, Cigar Coop hit the three thousandth consecutive day of publishing original content.
2: That's pretty awesome, man. It so, is, yeah.
4: It, yeah, it's less than 10 years. We had the 10-year anniversary, but that's another one. And it's a big deal because, uh, you know, that that's, that streak is probably going to come to an end soon. I don't know how much more I could do it. Uh, you know, I kind of lived through a near-death experience even. I, I got that through. We so, saw you in the
2: middle of it, right in the start of it, actually.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's something I'm pretty proud of because uh, I've seen media sites come and go. i see media sites fall off the grid. Um, and I see a lot of do really good work, but, you know, 3,000 days, and it's original content. We're not rinsing and recycling old content. So that's the other thing I'm really proud of as well.
0: You know it's funny, Coop? I was talking with a friend last night. Uh, actually, we were here at the office about 1230. And I was talking about how about 10, 12 years ago, because I've always interacted with most of the media early on, right? and. Yep. I used to have this thing where I would advertise with almost everybody. Right. And you know, it wasn't that many people when you go back right. 15 years, 14 years, whatever it is. But, um, and I always do this thing where all the renewal rates, I would make them start on May 1st. So if I m- started advertising with somebody in September, I'd prorate it because I only wanted to deal with the newers. And I started thinking about all the people that I used to advertise with, um, toasted foot, a cigar smoker, um i mean tom cigars i
3: was,
0: can't even remember some of them site? you were, you were uh, you're going back to that's that's bulletin boards you before you're, that okay yeah, yeah you just yeah you just <laughs> went back like you warped feedback <laughs> past you know media guys um they're gone most of yeah. them are gone i mean there's a whole new plethora uh, plethora of you know new people but a lot of these guys who were there in the beginning have disappeared
4: yeah, I mean, the people you mentioned were were the prominent sites when I started. Yeah. So you mentioned the Toasted foods,
0: the A Cigar Smokers, the Cigar Yeah. There was like 16 of them. I remember because everybody yeah. – I I can't even remember their names. I'd have to pull up the files. Right. Uh, but, I mean, they're all gone because as the years went by, it became 14, 12, 10, 6, 4, and I think now we only deal with two or three.
4: It It's really – it's changed a lot. For sure, um, I think there's a you know there's guys out there who have been out, you know Dojo's been out there I think for about eight years now, so he's been out there for a while. I gotta believe
0: uh, you, you cigar obsession, because I know cigar obsession is is well over twelve years. Yeah, he's um, been
4: around a long time. Yeah, yeah,
0: you cigar obsession, I uh, I noticed I didn't even realize I had to go and check um, Stogie Review is still around. I didn't even recognize their site. Yeah. It might it, be it might have been the first time I. But that used to be run by like four or six guys, right? Yeah, it's really down to two right now. And,
4: yeah. um, you know, they they don't, let's say, publish as regularly as they used to, um, yeah. which is a shame because I like those guys a lot and they've done a good job. You know, other guys like the Stogie guys used to be a daily site. They're not really a daily site anymore. No. Um, half Wheel's been around as long as I have. So they have. Half
0: around Wheel was a spin-off of another one that became Half Wheel. What was it originally? It were
4: it was a merger between uh Cigar Feed and Smoking Stogie. So they merged.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah. Two that merged. Then I mean I, I got them all in my head. But I'm telling you 90% of them are gone. No, so most of them are most of them are gone. It's a uh, it's 98? a thankless Thank job, right? Coop? Oh, thankless.
4: It, I mean we're seeing it we're, we're seeing it right now with the whole podcast movement in the cigar industry like Oh yeah. A lot of people started podcasts. podcast. A lot of them have fallen off, and they realize how much work it is. So, uh, uh, I and that's bring usually what happens
2: in anything. I want to yeah. bring up something about it being a thankless job to your STFU show the other night, which I'll be honest, when I first saw that you were doing it, I was like, w- are we just going to watch Bear and Coop smoke these cigars and tell us which ones are the double sweet? But it, it was actually great. You did the soccerology, You brought up a lot of facts. And Sokka was relentlessly posting during your entire show. Yeah. Well, well, here's what made it really
4: interesting. And, and Steve decided – Steve was supposed to do the live cast that night to reveal okay. it, right? He moved it to October 1st, but he decided to do a live cast that night. Now, I honestly think that was just him scheduling it. I don't think he – there's a ton of media guys he still deals with, ton of things. I, I don't think he remembered we were doing something that night. But he was, like, right up against us, right? Yeah. So I put a message in his chat room like, "Hey, thank you, Steve. Thank you very much for doing this the same time as we did." He felt <laughs> bad. He sent everyone over to us afterwards. Uh, yeah. So it really turned out to be good. And we were and I was just having a little fun with it. I didn't think he, at all it was anything, you know, malintent there. You well, know? So, so you
2: said something that he has brought up several times now in other posts. You did um, the game that you play on the show is one ha- one must go.
0: So you one usually, must go it, right
2: usually pick three things, and if...
0: if Why can't you, my producer think of shit like this?
2: I know. <laughs> God, terrible. you suck, Ball. But wait, listen to this. So, so usually you pick three <laughs> things, and then you say one thing must love go that. if, if shit's in fan. And you guys picked all of the Saka lineups, all of the all of the cigars. And yeah. you said, going through it methodically, to be honest, that Sin Compromiso would be the cigar that would have to go. And let me tell you, I, I mean, I pay attention to a lot of Saka's posts. I think it's three times outside of the show that he's that he's mentioned, you know, and he's like an unnamed podcast uh, podcast show has said that Sin Compromiso needs to go. Here's why it should stay. You know, like I've seen in a couple of his comments, do you Uh, (laughs) and it was kind of like if all else fails and he had to get rid of it. Obviously, he's not getting rid of Sin Compromiso, but you uh, I mean, you you have a good relationship with Saka, but. That kind of stuff, it kind of wears on you a little <laughs> bit, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, it was um, it, it was a question that we put out. Bear actually came up with that question, and you know, I I, I signed off on it. So it wasn't like I didn't know it was coming, right? Um, you know, and, and Sokka will be the first one to tell you. He says you can't um, uh, like every cigar of his because then you won't love any of his cigars. That's mm. that's an expression from him, and and i said it on the show. I said Sin Compromiso is still better than a lot of cigars out there right so i mean um you know and i, and I think there's some great cigars out there as well now i did invite Saka to come on my show i haven't heard back from him yet so he might be a little salty
2: on it. <laughs> i was gonna ask because he like i said he's mentioned it a few times but, yeah so <laughs> you know you, you guys made the comment that that sin compromiso smokers are not on facebook but i i chimed in there that's actually one of my go-to cigars of his I don't necessarily know why. I don't have a refined enough palate to know why. It's
0: it, it's it's your go-to cigar because you get to smoke in the employee discount. <laughs> Otherwise, it would never it would never be your go-to cigar. Don't yeah. lie. No, it's like no a I shop. bought
2: I bought one at retail at full retail here at the Babylon shop. The uh, village so, headquarters.
0: I'm sure you did, but I guarantee you, it hasn't been your go-to smoke up in Babylon. <laughs> yeah, when I saw how much it, when I saw how much it was, I was like, whoa whoa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So back,
2: back to the scoop with Coop. Coop, what do you got yeah. in the stories this week?
4: Um, so I'll kick off with this one. And this one was a pretty controversial thing I put out there yesterday. McAuliffe um, Macal- Cigars, they're a company based in Texas.
0: I was uh, wondering if you were going to bring up this article. This one's interesting. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. So they, they made it a, a pretty interesting announcement this week that they were ending their relationship with – Cigars International, Thompson Cigar, and their distribution on Meyer and Dutch, which is something you don't hear companies
0: often do. I don't think and I remember it, ever seeing that publicly stated. It may have happened. Right. It's I mean, happened. I, I know. It's happened it. from manufacturers. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever in my career seen. Uh, have you ever remember any, any brand manufacturer making a press release about that, Kurt?
3: No, never.
0: Yeah. I don't sure. think I've ever seen somebody make a press release about it. It was a ballsy move.
4: Um, I got I'm, – I've I'm taken some heat on it because people are mistaken what their statement is for my opinion, which, which I'm not – which I don't have an opinion one way or another on this. It's news as far as I'm concerned. And actually, I just ran and printed the statement from McAuliffe, which I normally don't do uh, because I expected to get some pushback on this. Um, now, I think a lot of what's been driving that decision is McAuliffe – and there are really some good people there – But they've had they had some struggles in the brick and mortar segment and they they basically I think there was some serious challenges they had there. And at the beginning of the year, they kind of laid out a whole strategy. And part of the strategy was going to be to kind of win back the brick and mortars. I mean, what better way to do that than kind of obviously making a statement like this? So uh, it was a surprising thing. I didn't expect uh, I didn't expect to ever get something like that from a company before. and, and And I went with it.
0: Why? 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 Um, are you getting backlash? I, I don't understand that You're on any reporting. level because as far as I'm concerned there are only a handful of real legitimate media people. Right. There's tons of guys doing it but legitimate and you all have your special traits right? Right. You you, I always consider the most legitimate journalist out of anybody that, that we deal with or have a relationship with. You are a purist in form you are a journalist. Um, how you approach things, how you handle things, I believe is in the spirit of true journalism. Eric and the guys in Dojo really have the social the fun. lifestyle, um, you know, the, the, the um, I forget the, what the word I'm looking for is, but basically the, the uh, li- lifestyle kind of society, their own society thing down. And I think Brian Glynn has mastered the art of doing the solid review. The you know on a I, I you know I I I listen I think his reviews that's where his specialty is so you being a journalist why why would you why would people take it out on you you're just reporting the news
4: well the problem is that bloggers or podcasts whatever you want to call it we're lumped in with influencers so the guys like guys like me and Charlie who are doing more hardcore news mm-hmm. we're still lumped in with the influences like the cigar props like the so some accept the dojos. not that there's anything wrong with influencing but it's no. a different it's a different type of thing so I think when you're when you when you do something like this it's very anti-influencing Because hey how can you print anything like that that's kind of negative to the industry well reporting news isn't necessarily always meant to to give the good news all the time mm-hmm. there's sometimes mm-hmm. we have to deliver this this statement was going to go to someone else if it didn't go to me and I had to take advantage of it and, and you know like I said I tried to be as fair as possible I delineated this saying this is from McAuliffe and I stand by I, if I got the opportunity to do it again I'd do it again. And um, that that's what it is.
2: Coop's like the old school news guys. Purist. Right. He, t- he takes it very yeah. seriously. He's a purist yeah. Uh, but but
4: we
0: that's had, how you can trust what it a, comes from him. Coop and I had a little debate with some of the other guys on Battle of the Bands, you know, the guys in the Battle of the Bands thing. And it was fun and I had a good time with it. It was but, you know my joke my joke was hashtag too purist <laughs> he's, he's a true um, purist i mean he's a hardcore
4: so let me say something about that not, not to get into the details but there's a lot i've learned from this contest about retail that i did not understand six weeks ago when this started well so it's you know it's been a learning experience for me look, and it, a good it, one it, i'm looking at positive yeah
0: it's been a lot of fun let's put it that way yeah, what happened was i think with the battle of the bands and look i think at one point you showed your sampler showed some light of some real contention and then a couple of the other guys have just blown by I think now we're at a, a three man race going into yeah. the final week uh, of this.
4: I'm happy where I am. Twelve percent.
0: Listen, yeah, it's I'm been an experience happy. and it's fun, yeah. but I think originally how you know it, it evolved in my head was this was going to be let's just make something, throw it out there and it would just run on its own. It wasn't gonna become this marketing you know, uh, which made it 10 times more fun. Right. But we, we, we've learned, this has like been a great beta. And I think battle of the bands two, which will be sometime next year is going to be a well, a well more rounded, well-developed, and we're going to have more of, of, of an exact focal point of what it's going to be about. But, um, it's kind of been an experience for everybody involved and it's been fun and we're, we're, we're coming toward the end of it. Um, that's one of the things I think this went on too long because now the numbers have gotten to the, where the, The the, the meters are barely moving. They tick one point here, one point there over the course of days because uh, the numbers are getting so high. It takes a lot of samplers to actually move the meter at this point. But um, it's definitely been one of the funnest projects we've been involved with, and we've had a lot of fun.
4: You know know what's really fascinating about it is the guy, Emmett, from Blind Man's Pup, who's in last place. I actually think he's got one of the better samplers out there. I mean, well, I actually think he's got one of and and he's in last place. That's kind of showing what this thing has turned into, or maybe how it. became how a marketing. To, it, it, became it did, marketing. yeah.
0: It, did, it became yeah. who could market better, and that wasn't initial no. the initial intention. No. initial intention, it wasn't. In, but, you know, it kind <laughs> of evolved, because you guys all put a lot of hard uh-huh. effort. Now we're getting on a tangent. I don't want to make this a Battle of the Bands episode. Right more October 5th, but right. we discussed it more October 5th, but it evolved, it changed, and yeah. it was a good learning experience, and I, and I think all the parties involved had a lot of fun doing it. I've already seen our Battle of the Bands shirts hitting the, road, hitting the streets, yeah. and, and, yes. and people posting pictures. People are asking cool.
2: about them now in the comments.
0: Oh, it, that, I, that, I that think was, that guy was looking for a KMA shirt.
2: Yeah. KMA is uh, But yeah,
0: them. Battle of the Bands was run and done. They're, they're gone. We made them yep. custom order for anybody who wanted one. So, you know, look, I think this move by McAuliffe, it, it's been done. So, and honestly, as a guy who's been in the business 25 years, it's been done successfully. You know, what people don't realize is, look, here's, there's a symbiotic, and if you don't mind, I'll get into it a little bit, Coop. We sure. the no, there's, symbi- there's a symbiotic, like, circle of life in this industry. And the need for these major um, companies like Famous, Thompson, Cigars, National, is not really in building a brand. The need in the relationships were is unless they know how to really manage inventory and not get caught where, hey, I have $200,000 of inventory. It's not moving somewhere. I need an outlet. That's where that part of the ecosystem comes in, right? Because the average retailer can't say, oh, yeah, I'll take your last quarter million dollars of this product. You're not moving. But those guys will do it on a drop of a dime. So a lot of these companies need that outlet because they haven't found a way to survive without having that. But if you look at what they do, and if you look at what all the brick and mortars across the country do, um, a lot of the manufacturers have realized that there's equal or more business in the brick and mortars. And the problem with the big companies like CI is when they, look, if I overbuy on something that doesn't move, oh my God, I'm sitting on 15 boxes, what are we going to do? It's an easily solvable problem. We have a hot weekly deal and it's gone when you're sitting on a quarter million dollars of something it's not moving, it's problematic so then the option becomes we're going to blow it out at cost or below cost to get it out of the warehouse and then they they, they destroy a lot of brands that way and is, they long term destroy the relationship with the brick and mortars because when you've made me buy your brand and put it in my store and then these big companies got it online for like $15 under what I paid for it, why do I want to carry your brand in the store? So Theoretically, what McAuliffe has done, I've seen work for a lot of manufacturers long-term, is just that will they find a way to be able to survive without having that outlet to move things that may not move well or things that get overloaded on um, that they'll have to manage, learn how to manage your inventory properly to be successful at it, in my opinion. But I think it could be their long-term benefit if, if executed properly.
4: I, I agree. I think that's, that's what I would say on that, too. Uh, they have a very creative team in there right now at McAuliffe that they brought in over the last year. So kind of, they kind of have been thinking out of a lot of the box just from my interactions with them from a media standpoint. So we'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: What else you got going on?
4: Um. So this week there was a um, proposed Tobacco 25 resolution for Suffolk County, New York, Paul. Oh, I saw you ah. pounding
0: your chest. I saw you pounding your chest this
4: week. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't bet any signed dollar bills with anybody,
0: though. list, That's why.
4: Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, here's what's interesting about this one, Abe, though. CRA yeah. has actually issued a call to action against this, which they didn't issue any calls to action on Tobacco 21. So now it's interesting to see them kind of get on this early right now, um, because it, and I kind of felt that this was going to happen. And that's why I was so vehemently saying we should fight Tobacco 21, because it, it, by, not, by laying down the way we did with Tobacco 21, we made it easy for these Tobacco 25 things to start popping up.
0: Do, do you think it's going to pass?
4: I don't think it will pass now. I don't. Um, I, I, I think one of these will. I think and once one of these will, it's going to be trouble. Uh, there was one in Hawaii earlier this year that, that was issued that failed. Yeah, um, it got
1: shut down I saw. So.
4: Yeah, Paul, you you may know Suffolk County a lot better. I mean, what's the read Would something like this you think pass in there?
2: Yeah, 100%.
4: Oh, you think it could.
2: Well, wait. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They they're very anti-tobacco up here. Yeah. I apologize. Super anti-tobacco, so no. No, it's uh it is not a it's definitely not a cigar friendly place. I mean, it's the same it's the same as Nassau. It's the same as the rest of New York. It's very uh Anti tobacco in any way, shape, or form. Premium cigars are lumped up with every other tobacco product. So, there, I mean, you you know, you have villages here that I don't know if it's a law, but they, they, a lot of them, like you can't smoke within a certain uh, distance of a school or a park. You can't smoke in any uh, state or county parks in Suffolk County. Um, so like the idea of like going into like, you know, a giant acreage, that's a, that's a County park and smoking a cigar when there's nobody around you for acres is against the law. You, you'll you get a ticket for doing that. Wow. And so those types of laws are passed up here in New York. So I, I can't imagine that anything pro pro tobacco would, would pass in the County.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I, it's like I said, I think one of these will pass soon. I really do, because there is it's different with alcohol. There's a there's a prohibitionist movement against tobacco in this country. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's making these things vulnerable right now. And I, I just felt that if there was much more resistance put up with the 21. Now we wouldn't have to be getting into this 25 fight, which is going to start the fester over the next few years. I was told you, it would it, never happen. I was told let, it would never happen. Let me
0: ask that. them: Do you think, do you think that even the most extensive battle would have stopped the twenty-one? I think that's why they didn't fight it, Coop. No, well, that's what I, Glenn I, is I, saying. I, I don't think that was a winnable fight at no, any level, no matter how much effort it, you put into it. Abe, it wasn't, but we laid down on it. I mean, that's the problem. It was like okay, it was I, nothing I, on I, it. I, yeah, I, I don't think they laid down because they didn't want to attack it. I just think they because re- look, every attack needs resources. Yeah. It needs yeah. time. It needs effort. You know, I'm not not speaking out of any knowledge. It's just my personal opinion. But I think there was nothing that was going to stop Tobacco 21. No matter what we did, no matter what we said, no matter who we tried to bribe, I don't think there was anything that could have been done to have stopped it. And I think that's why they didn't even try to fight it. I think 25 is a legitimate argument. I think it's going to be hard to push 25. I think that's why. I think that's why the CRA is now involved, because I think it's a battle that's winnable and it is something that they, they, they have a leg to stand on to try to fight.
2: You know, well, I as an good, example, I agree. as an example, the majority of of larger uh, populated states were already 21 for tobacco. Uh, New York's been 21 since before I left here. I mean, before before I left New York six years ago, you had to be 21 to buy any tobacco products. Just as an example, a a lot of states already had it.
4: New York was one of the first to do it. New York City actually was one of the first to do it. But it was
2: funny because guys that were like 18 and they they were smokers and they started, you know, they started smoking at 18. Then the next year they they're 19. They can't buy tobacco products.
0: Glenn Loop says Altria had the wheels greased to address the youth access debate. And
2: yeah, he's right. And he's right on that. He's totally
4: right. Look, the cigarette. The problem is that the cigarette companies weren't weren't doing this either. So it'll be interesting to see what the cigarette companies do doing. Tobacco 25 now.
2: That'll significantly affect their business because the majority I, I believe the majority of cigarette smokers are college students. Right. Even today. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's
0: a, there's a lot. Ask, of I don't want to say majority, I, but yes. I'm gonna say this, and I'm talking totally out of school, just on feel. I think most of the younger generation does not smoke cigarettes. I, I think
1: I, 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 I would I, agree. Say, I feel like I agree I, with they that.
0: They went to vape. They went to vape. They went to these big block things that they're puffing on all day long. The right. younger generation aren't doing cigarettes. I think that's more of an old school thing. The older people who've been hooked on it for ten, fifteen years are still stuck on it. I don't think the younger generation, they're getting into, that's why, that's why Juul became so popular and was a congressional issue, that all the young kids, they've already been brainwashed, oh, tobacco smells bad, Uh, oh, but vape is cool, vaping is cool, vaping has infiltrated the youth of America.
4: This is one thing that the FDA is kind of putting some attention on mainly is if they if they ban you or prohibit you from using one product, how likely are you to switch to another product? Right. And I think I know that's something that's been looked at a lot right now with I'm not saying they've done a good job with it. But I know those are some of the questions they've been asking with some of these comment periods. You know, hey, if you quit vape, you you'll able to go back and smoke a cigarette or a cigar. So there's I can't say what the patterns are. Other than maybe some of those cig- like maybe it's the same percentage of people using tobacco, non-tobacco products, but maybe a lesser percentage of cigarettes right now. I think a fair, well, a fair assessment.
0: Look, here's the problem with legislation. I and mean, We can start a whole show on this topic alone, right? Right. If you want to create legislation to solve the problem, it's really easy, right? Liquor doesn't have a problem because liquor's not, I guess, no, I guess liquor isn't every 7-Eleven. So, yeah, that's not even a good argument. Liquors everywhere. You can go anywhere and buy liquor. Because you know, I mean, look. If, if you want, to, if you want to keep tobacco from influencing the children, I mean, it can't advertise. There's nothing they could do. Get it out of the places where the kids go. Yeah. Get, get them out yeah. of the 7-Elevens and the convenience stores and all the stuff where the kids are going to get their Snickers and their candy bars and their Slurpees and whatever. And 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 and, and make it. But you know, I'm saying to myself, oh God, there's beer and liquor. Well, there's not liquor, but there's, there's definitely beer people.
2: and and yeah, wine coolers. And, and wine in
0: every and, and every those seltzers, yeah. those
2: those new malt seltzers that are out I there. I mean right, how, right. how is that
0: how is all the flavored vodka and seltzer how does that not fall in the same issue? Right. And, right? and it, it should. Yeah. Amazing.
4: Yeah. I mean we we're a country we glorify drinking exploits. We glorify yeah. it. We do. We do glorify, it. and unfortunately, that's what that hurts us in a lot of ways, because the people don't glorify smoking. You know, even, you know, maybe there's a small cigar community it's passionate about, but generally, the general community doesn't glorify smoking. So we're the bad guys.
0: We are the bad guys. Anything else going on, Coop?
4: Yeah, last thing, um, and this also came out. Uh, it happened probably about a couple weeks earlier than I expected, but the Nat Sherman Townhouse officially closed its doors in New York City. It's so very. They,
0: some very emotional and touching posts by Michael Harklotz this week.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it was sad. It yeah, was I sad. watched him on
2: Instagram.
1: And he actually, you know, put the sign on the door
2: and all that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, you know, Coop being from New York. I mean, listen, I wasn't a, a huge, Nat Sherman cigar smoker, but I've been in that, I've been in that townhouse several times in in my lifetime, and walked past it when I when I worked in Manhattan. I mean, at least a few times a week. Uh, it was it was emotional for me to see such a landmark something that i remember being a part of of my life and my like new york story for so long uh closing it was, it was an emotional video yeah it definitely was you know i when
4: i've gone up to new york i've gone to that Sherman. the problem is that they've always closed early yep. so a lot yep. of times you can't get there you know you couldn't it wasn't a night place it was a daytime place right uh, six o'clock or
2: something right they closed maybe right. earlier
4: yeah I know a bunch of
2: the media guys. We were up in New York a
4: couple of years ago, and you know they were closed, and we ended up going to another place to smoke, uh, which was the um, the Davidoff place. Yep. But we would have we would have went there. But the times I did, the times I I was able to get there during the day, I always went there. It was always a, a destination spot, and and I was I think I told the story how my father told me he went to Nat Sherman at seven years old with with his father took him there to get to get tobacco. That's how long. I mean that that's a lot of history there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now, where, are there are there? I know you don't do rumors, but are are there rumors about where Lotz is going?
4: I've really heard nothing about where he's going. Um,
0: I think I think Herklotz is still, even though the store is closed, he yeah. still has some time to tie, you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Yeah, he did say he had, that. He did say before, that. He said yeah, he still have some he, time. Yeah.
4: Yeah, there's he still said, some things they have to do to, I think, flush inventory and
2: stuff right now. He said till the end of the year. I think that he'll he'll definitely be there.
0: So I'm headed over there on Monday.
3: Are you? Just yeah, just to say see see it for the last time while it's still whole, even though the shelves are empty, and uh, just to visit and uh, you know do the pay my respects.
0: Is he going to let you in? Are you going to go inside? As far as i know all right cool Take uh, that would, some
2: pictures. that'll be cool that, yeah that, that, that place is amazing inside it's a really really cool
3: place it is and I'm, a, I'm a collector so i'm looking to leave with a piece of history you better you better <laughs> hurry
2: up kurt i saw i saw michael uh, giving one of their longest uh, employees the uh, the nat sherman uh, clock that was on the wall there
3: you gotta, you got to well, get there, I, too. I'm calling well, that neon sign, so we'll see that. Well, well, Kurt,
4: if the brand goes dormant in a few years, uh, you know. Ah, could be another one to rely <laughs> on. You could to it into the portfolio to have
0: There you go. Now now you just cost Kurt another four months of sleep.
4: <laughs>
0: no <night. laughs> <So> kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, what, else, what, what do you got going on this week? Anything good coming up?
4: Um yeah, got some reviews coming up. Uh Diamond Crown Maximus, uh the new Cohiba Royale is uh coming up. Uh podcast wise, uh Dylan Austin is scheduled to be the guest. Dylan uh, was a great
0: interview, actually. One of the best show. Top,
4: yeah, I was saying the two best interviews I done on KMA this year, um wh- that we done was the Rocky, the Rocky one and the Dylan. I think we were the two like yeah. say, we, because we got they just kind of They went into a direct hit. I don't think anyone thought they were gonna go.
0: No, we didn't think they would go that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dylan was a good interview. That's good. What night is that show with Dylan? Thursday night. Thursday night. Are you gonna address the rumor?
2: The rumor that we started.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think he addressed it here already, but yeah, I'll address it. Uh, (laughs) We didn't start it, by the way. I just. I
0: I, I am not rumor free, so I heard that Michael Salucci got that job. That that rumor that was we about.
2: Thought, oh, okay. Michael
0: Sluice okay. from True Estate got the position that supposedly Dylan Honestin Dylan was going to. trying okay. to get. So that that's the rumor. That's the recent rumor I've heard.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not to that... step on your rumor-free toes, Coop. But no, no. That's, <laughs> this,
4: this is your show, Abe. So we we have. We don't, the rumor-free thing doesn't apply here.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: All right. sh- let's
0: share some let's... more, Coop. He <laughs> right. All right. Let's see who uh, this belongs in the Cigar Insane Asylum this week. Music starting now. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane?
2: We all go a little mad sometimes.
0: Where logic and reason cease to exist.
2: All right, Abe. Who belongs in this week's Cigar Insane Asylum?
0: Once again, I have not read this in advance, so I hope it's not uh, terrible. But uh, let's see who belongs with, with to the uh, cigar and St. assignment this week. Uh-huh. This week's inductee couldn't wait to get home and try out. I'm going to assume that word is her and not here. Oh yeah, her. try out yeah her new toy that she stole. Thirty-six-year-old Teresa Stanley was doing some Monday shopping recently, In her travels. She decided to visit an adult shop in. Fort Pierce, Florida. An adult shop in Florida. How strange. Yeah, how strange. Not too many of those. (laughs) During her visit, employees called the police. Stanley allegedly decided to steal a pink sex toy from the shop. Now, instead of just stealing the item and running, she wanted to make sure it was worth stealing. Employees claimed that Stanley removed the sex toy from its packaging. Ah, Paul. I, this
2: is a true story I vetted I've it and Snopes
0: it. pulled down her pants and began using it in the store when police arrived she had moved herself from the stock room of the store but was still in the process of testing out her new toy until they told her she was under arrest with her hands in cuffs she finally dropped the toy and made her way to jail records show the value of the stolen was it really stolen or at this point was it just used well, I, I she opened it without paying. Yeah, for it.
2: that's what I that's what I said. Was it she didn't run out of the store with it
0: was a whopping forty five dollars and ninety eight cents. She's arrested on charges of indecent exposure and larceny. Yes, Teresa Stanley, you and possibly Paul DeCroco for picking the story uh, are inducted <laughs> into this week's I insane win. asylum.
2: <laughs> that's not an insane story. Oh, she's very. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she's insane, but it sounds like my furious. kind of girl. Her, is her number <laughs> in the link by any chance? Oh, 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 click click oh. on the link and look at her, Alex. She is not your kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to check the link. Uh,
3: oh my Adam's
2: God. phrase, Adam's phrase, don't do meth, comes into play here. Oh. Yes. Yes. She, yes. She obviously was hocked up on something, but uh, at least she stopped when the cops told her she was under arrest. Did yeah. she stop
1: or did she finish is the question.
2: I don't know. I you know, I didn't get that yeah. far into the story, but it, it was reported by multiple local uh, Florida news outlets. So and I snoped it. It is it is a true story. Only in uh, Florida. Re-
0: regardless of how it I guarantee you it wasn't a happy ending. So
2: Ben Ben on our one of our listeners said it was just gently used they can resell. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Listen. I want a big thanks to everybody. Kurt, thank you for taking time on your Saturday. Kurt, you're now,
2: muted if you want to say something. I'm sorry.
0: Yes, you can go now. Enjoy this lovely weekend with your lovely lady. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. My brother, very well-deserved. Yep. Thank you for taking the time and coming on.
2: Yeah, really. Thank you very much for having uh, me thanks, on. Thanks, Kurt. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, man. Good as guys. always. Good as always. And, Coop, always a pleasure having you on every week. Ab- the latest of news. I think Diana... Diana Rojas was wondering if that was a dragon, and uh, she must yeah, be. Yeah, I, I started staring at the screen too. It's I'm such not- an eagle you can tell. It's an eagle. It's, it's an eagle.
4: Yeah, it, it's a. It was in this lodge. I just this was such a cool lodge I stayed at last year before the trade show outside of Vegas.
0: It's an eagle, not a dragon.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Glad you guys, guys heard that, up. that. I'm the blind like one. It. I saw it, it after, okay. after Diana
4: That's mentioned That's feathers, it.
0: not scales. Right. I'm looking behind me like it's yeah. there,
4: actually, right? I'm looking yeah. behind me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh,
0: yeah. When you turn it around, what do you see, baskets of laundry? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Here's a new segment. Are you ready, Coop? Yeah. Let me help you out, Paul, because once again, you suck at your job. <laughs> Thank you. Here's a new segment every week when you come on, right? You pick these weird backdrops from places you visit all over the country and we take guesses of what room Where you're really at. in or what's behind and by the end of the show, you, you reveal the real backdrop. Well, he's always going
2: to be in. in the same
0: room because it's the studio. Maybe he doesn't have to be. I, I, can switch it. I can switch it. Maybe he doesn't have to be. Maybe he can be a guest. Don't try to ruin it because you can't come up with any ideas do at you all. Want me to, do you want, Do you need
2: Abe to call Mrs. Coop to see if that's okay, Coop? Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> unlike Unlike Coop, Coop Absolutely can do not. what he wants. Yeah. Unlike you, <laughs> Paul. Coop, he can do what Coop, he wants.
2: Coop does a show from where... What does uh, Skip Martin always say about his daughter? Fiorella does what she wants. Fiorella broadcasts where she wants. Coop broadcasts where he wants. That's Hat-tag. right.
0: Broadcasts <laughs> where we Yeah. Yeah. All right. We, we, are, we are taking a week off next week. You're on the road, Paul. Yeah, I'll be on the road. So we're taking a week off next week, everybody. We will have a premiere episode Paul, why don't you go to one of our top fans this week, have them pick the episode? We did that once before. Yeah, was we'll a lot do of that. Fun.
2: That's all. That was always yeah, a real. We always had great shows when we did that.
0: Yeah. Reach out to a top fan, let them pick one of their favorite episodes, and we'll do a watch party mm-hmm. and a premiere. And we'll be back in two weeks. Do you know? Do we have a guest two weeks from now, Paul? Or Not, we maybe have a, I, a tentative guest. We actually that's Coop. We have a tentative <laughs> guest. A tentative
4: guest.
0: <laughs> See when Coop is laughing at you, you know it's bad. He's <laughs> one of the nicest guys ever. So when he's laughing at you, you know how bad it really is. Everybody, wait, you want to defend yourself? Go no, ahead. it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> There's really thing. no defense. Yeah, so. The end of the show. <laughs> Listen, everybody have a great week. We'll see you in two weeks. Take Keep it lit.